Okay, kids, let's go. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenbloom, president of Spatula City. I like their spatula so much, I bought the company. Spatula City, seven locations. We're in the yellow pages under spatulas. My, where did you get that lovely spatula? Spatula City, we sell spatulas. And that's all. Next week on U62. He's back. And this time, he's mad. Gandhi 2. No more Mr. Passive Resistance. He's out to kick some butt. This is one bad mother you don't want to mess with. He's a one-man wrecking crew. But he also knows how to party. There is only one law. His law. Gandhi 2. Five minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of March, in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the flushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The talker of this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Laughs. L-A-F-F-S. Thank you for joining us. 503-733-2970. That is our telephonic interaction number today. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, uh, whatever it is you'd like to uh, share with us today, 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, Richie Bristol is standing by, uh, at least occasionally, really more sporadically. Not much at all. Uh, to pass along your observations about whatever might be on your brain today. 503-733-2970. Here's today's random pop culture observation. Uh, when you all go to see The Watchmen uh, this Friday, Watchmen, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not even going to bother to correct myself. When I say The Watchmen... No, I mean, I, and I hate it when people get on your ass about It's right Watchmen! There. Shut up. No one... Wait correcting me. Uh, I was talking to Cheryl this morning. I was doing the Outlook Portland thing, and she was referring to the... Uh, she, at one point, I think she meant to say the MySpace page, the MySpace blog, 
And she actually just said the MySpace, which we all just agreed was genius. So, uh, you know, it's an old, it's a, it's a standard. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a comedy classic there, just putting the the, and then occasionally subtracting the, too. Like you're sort of doing a Soviet kind of a thing. Anyway, so when you go to see Watchmen this Friday, here's the thing you're going to notice if you are A, a child of the 80s, B, a fan of terrible films, and C, had cable, I would say in around the year 1987 or so. You're going to note that the character of the comedian, and by the way, Sarah, do you see why it was so weird you were calling your ex-boyfriend the comedian? Absolutely. Although... I was out with the comedian last night, and he was raping everyone. <laughs> Although my comedian is, yeah, they look completely different. My God, yes, the comedian they, yes, from, they do. <laughs> from Watchmen is the dreamiest thing ever. So let me understand, your comedian and that comedian have nothing in common, because the comedian in the movie is dreamy. Mm-hmm. They're in different ways. Uh-huh. No, no, no. No, kids, I like you both. Mommy loves you both equally. Even the retarded one. Uh, so anyway, it's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to uh, join us today. But if you go, when you go to see uh, Watchmen and you see... And I can't wait to see it again, honestly. I can, I can wait, frankly. But uh, you know you know what I'm looking for? Like, I wish I could just skip ahead to eight months from now and just buy uh, the director's cut where it's, you know, 15 hours long and it's got everything sort of included. Because they're putting out... I want to get bogged down in Geek Talk right, right at the beginning of the program. But uh, if you've read the Watchmen graphic novel... There's this whole comic within a comic, and it's a pirate comic called Tales of the Black Freighter, which is very dark and morbid. It's messed up. I I have no desire to see that cartoon. It's, uh, it's, see, and I don't even know that it's a cartoon. See, now I heard it might be a live action thing, but they're doing it like 300 style, where it kind of looks cartoony. Anyway. Also kind of like the comic itself, where it looks like a comic, but it also looks very, very real. Yes, yes, indeed. So I was talking to Court about this uh, last night, because Court from Rock 101 KUFO came by my office, like, what do you think of the Watchmen? And I said, well, Watchmen, I can take or leave. I... I wanted, to, I wanted to wait a whole day before weighing in on it. I, I wanted to sort of process my thoughts. And I think what I will say about Watchmen, the movie, we'll talk more about it on Friday with Aaron and then more about it on Monday. So it's Wednesday, so we're two days ahead of the wide release of it. But I'll say this. I mean, you should see it, certainly, because it's an important film in terms of pop culture, not just because it's considered the most acclaimed graphic novel of all time, but also because, it's, you know, it's a big deal. It's a, you know, it's a big tentpole picture, as they say. I, um, I, just, I, gotta, I just do I feel like it's a bit of an overreach, though. I just... What I'll say about Watchmen is this. I'll say there's some moments in it that I really like. Uh, we all went on about the opening credit sequence, which is genius. The opening credit sequence is beautiful. There's some things in the movie I really like. There's some things that are ridiculous, like the love scene. And I just want to watch the opening sequence over and over and if, over again. I'd say if they made a movie of that opening uh, sequence, the opening credits, the first seven minutes or whatever, I'd watch that. If they made 90 minutes that looked like the opening credit sequence, I'd go back and see that. Uh, the thing about the opening credit sequence is it just looks like the way you want the whole movie to look. It's just so and that's gorgeous. That's what I thought it was going to be, and I was so excited. Yeah, it's. I'm not trying to say it's a bad movie. There's things that work uh, in it. There's just it just as a whole, it doesn't really gel. But I will say this: uh, what I'll say about Watchmen is sort of good try. That's uh, that's kind of my. I give it a solid. Eh. Sort of, you know, just in in the overall. But but you really ought to see it. It's it's worth it just to see it. And there's some of the visuals which are now. Had you read the comic pretty, pretty recently? Uh, I read it. I read it twice. Most recently, about six months ago. Okay. And um, it, again, it's just you know, it, I, I, I see now we are getting bogged down in it again. I, I I don't want to join the whole chorus of like it's unfilmable because first of all, I was telling Court this last night when he stopped by the office, and I was he was like, hey, so what are you thinking? And I prefaced it by saying. This is where that geek peer pressure comes in because I almost feel like I'm not allowed to have an opinion on it because I'm not like, because I'm not like a big comic nerd, and so you sort of feel like you can't win when you when you talk about Watchmen because on the one hand, if you talk about it with somebody who'd never read it, then it's like they have just no no baseline for it, and especially because people most people haven't seen it yet. And if you talk about Watchmen in the presence of some some comic freak, 
then it's like as soon as you say, well, I know they go, you don't know. You weren't there in 86. You don't understand that it's a deconstruction of the medium. And you're like, it's a comic book. I'm sorry. I, this guy's in capes. I, I should, you don't know. It, it, ah. You know it's so much more than a comic book. I, but no, but I, no, I understand. I'm not making fun of those guys. I totally, I, I do get why it's important. I really do. It, it really is a masterpiece. I would say that the comic, the, the comic book, the graphic novel Watchmen really is, it's just a work of just jaw-dropping uh, genies. It really is. It's, it, you can't, you can't overhype the book Watchmen. No matter how much you hype it, as somebody said about uh, Slumdog Millionaire, about Watchmen, the graphic novel, no matter how much you hype it, if you've never read it, it's going to live up to and exceed all your expectations. You can't overhype the book. Um, but you know, I mean, you know how it is with like longtime comics guys. It's like, you know what it is? Here's what it is. It would be me uh, talking about Watchmen is sort of like Aaron Duran, because Aaron always says that the music is his kryptonite. He just doesn't know a lot about music, you know, which I'm not saying it's not. He himself would say that. He knows, you know, he just doesn't know music like he knows movies or comics. It would sort of be like Aaron Duran weighing in on the Led Zeppelin reunion, you know? Not that his opinion isn't valid. It would absolutely be everybody's opinion is valid about everything. It's an opinion. But you know, as soon as Aaron did that, you know, there'd be a bunch of Zeppelin nerds who were like, you don't know! You, ah! you know, And then they just, just start screaming about how you don't... It, it doesn't mean... Do you, you didn't read it in high school when you were a young man finding his way in the world. Night owl, latex, thumping. So, whatever. Um, but I'll say, you know, I'll say it's a, it's a good try. I'm looking forward to seeing, like, a long ass director's cut of Watchmen. That's what I'm looking forward to because I think that's going to be a lot better. I'm looking forward to having more people's opinions on it. You know, like to hear what other people... You mean not mine? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, I mean, because I we, only, we only have two few. I mean, like, between you and me and, like, a bunch of movie critics. Like, I, there's no, like, real, like, normal people who have seen it who, you know, it's like... The people who have all seen it are, like, really in the extreme, like, love Watchmen. Here's what I would be curious to see. Uh, and this is the last thing I'll say about Watchmen and then we got we got to move forward because, uh, again, it, like, no one's seen it. So, um... I would be curious to know the opinion of someone who sees Watchmen who never read the book. Now, I know Dave Zinn never read the book, and he liked the movie. So, you know, so you got that. On the other hand, I know Court just flat out told his wife, like, don't bother. Get it on DVD. Because she hadn't read the book. And he's like, you'll never understand it. It'll be gibberish. Wait and get the DVD. Watch the whole thing. Read the book. Um, I do question whether, if you haven't read the book, if the movie, if large sections of it will make sense at all. Uh, Should we have Dave Zinn on? Maybe, maybe Friday. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise it's going to irritate people because it's going to be a constant reminder that we've seen it. Hey, we've seen it in your face, everybody who's not us. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, uh, an excursion into stupidity. Uh, if you'd like to join us today, it's 503-733-2970. Jim Roop uh, joining us today. Also, uh, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum joining us from New York City. CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins, <coughs> pardon me, as well. Mr. Skin from Mr. Skin. Dot com uh, will be uh, joining us on the program and later on giving you news and views. Uh, good friend Dave Schmidtke. Uh, it is also a high concept Wednesday, so we'll get to some high concept stuff uh, later on. We'll ask, I think, the second Mythbusters question. It's not really a Mythbusters. It's not from the show, but you know it's that style of question. We'll ask that in this segment here uh, as well. And the thing we didn't get to from yesterday is this question to Sarah about video rodeo because we've been doing the video rodeo, which is like the glass ass thing, and mm -hmm. there was the two girls one cup and. Somebody sent me something about, I don't know what it is, I don't have time to do this now, but it says, um, Video Rodeo for Sarah. It says, this was sent to me by a friend, there's no blood, no bodily fluids, does not involve private areas, nor is it sexual, but I believe it's not as bad as glass ass, but after listening to the show for a while, I think Sarah will have problems viewing it. So specifically, it seems like it's a thing that you're going to be unnerved by. Well, yeah, well, like the fingertip one, I still can't look at. Well, this is, do you want to know the, uh, do you want to know the URL? Yeah. 
It's and these are numerals. So it's like one is you know like the letter the, the number one. <coughs> Pardon me. One guy. Uh, Gy. One guy. Two spoons. Dot com. And keep in mind, I don't know what it is. I don't know anything about All right, it. Do you want me to look at it? Sure. Uh, is your computer potted down? Yes. All right. Keep in mind, I'm not telling anybody to go there. <gasps> oh, no. There. If it's spoons in the eyes, I'm not looking. No. It's not. Well, I don't. Why would it be spoons in the eyes? I don't know. Because they know that that grosses me out. And, like, what if somebody doesn't. Okay. I'm not. I mean, keep in mind, it may not be safe for work. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. You can't cover up your I'm eyes. I'm looking. Oh. Richie. Shh. Spoiler lol. Wait, I see a bunch of spoons. Inside voice, Richie. Turn off Richie's microphone, please. Sarah. Okay. It's off. Thank you. Okay, you're holding your hands up in front I'm of your face. I'm looking through a hole. What? You know, you could just shut your eyes if you, if you don't like what you're seeing. No, I see an eyeball. I see an eyeball. Really? I'm not going to watch it. Yes. Is I'd... it a guy scooping his eye out with a spoon? Yes, I think so. Excellent. I'm not going to watch it. Well done, sir, whoever you are. Thank you. The Rick Harrison <sighs> Show salutes you. Well, so there you go. So does I that... can't. No, 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 no. All right. Well, I, I felt I had to read it. Anyway, that's not, unbelievably, sir, that's not the video rodeo question we have for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the question we have for you, well, we'll get to it at the end of this segment. Anyway, it's 503-733-2970. CNN Radio Correspondent Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, Lisa Desjardins, uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Coming up, Dave Schmidtke, uh, High Concept Wednesday, Geek Watch, Religious Nutcase Watch, and more. So that is uh, all in the way. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? Hello. You feeling better? You went to the doctor. I went to the doctor. I I got like the coolest doctor. She was around my age and um, just really nice. And I was telling her all about you know my sinuses and stuff. And uh, so she looked behind my ears, and I have a ton of fluid behind my ears. Good for you. Which I guess, or behind my eardrums or whatever, which I guess wasn't normal, which means I do have a sinus infection. And so she's like, well, I'll write your prescription. She's like, but wait, let me go check around the office to see if there are any samples. And sure enough, she was able to get me, um, like, the strong dosage that I needed and, and all samples. She's like, here you go. This is all free. Now you don't have to pay for it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're the coolest thing ever. Excellent. Well, you know, it's always great uh, when it, it's always great when the doctor is willing to hook you up with the samples to cover the prescription thing because they don't, like... Because there's this whole perception of Dodgers. Well, they're just evil and they're money-grubbing bastards and whatever. It isn't really true. Mm-mm. And you realize that it's not true when they're like, let me get you some samples to take care of that. Even if you have insurance, like, they'll do that. I mean, I've, I mean, I have insurance at this point in my life, and uh, fortunately. And, you know, the doctor still goes like, have some have some foil-wrapped samples, you know, or whatever it is. Let me t- Rick, let me tell you about Trazodone. Here you go. And so, the, you know, just like for however long, like 60, 90 days or something before you get it, which is great. Because, you know, like, they're not making any money from the, you know, from the pharmaceutical, from big, from the big farm in industry or whatever so yes enough fantastic Good I have, for you. yeah like what do they give you can i ask yeah they gave me amoxicillin oh that's the uh, the pink stuff as they say they think it used to come in like a liquid i think that back in the day that was like that's a pink like liquid yellow now yeah that's... i don't know so i already do feel a little bit better like i can feel it um i guess it's going to take i have to take them for 10 days yeah antibiotics are uh I'm, trying, I, I'm tired of yeah, I know feeling a, just so worn down a and bunch like, of hippie claptrap about not taking antibiotics but that's just gibberish you just, no. you just ignore it. that's like people who are like no it's like that no offense that guy who called yesterday i got this great uh toothpaste without fluoride really mm. you got a head without <laughs> teeth too friend no and she did she did actually say she's like have you heard of the nose kettle? I'm, I'm, I'm like stop right there <laughs> nope <laughs> i mean, absolutely could not. you watch let me ask you this could you watch a video of somebody using the nose kettle somebody now find a video of the neti pot nose kettle thing and send it I mean, if it was clean and there wasn't any nudity or clowns or raping. But there's like a bunch of green stuff coming out of someone's head. Well, who knows? It might be yellow. It might be clear. Yellow and blue do make green. So uh, if somebody out there has a video of the nose kettle pot Don't send it to me. Thing send, it being to yeah, send it to me, and then we'll see if Sarah can watch it. Do you think you could watch somebody else using the nose kettle? 
Maybe not, because I, I have a problem watching people do the bodily functions, like anything with bodies. Like that two girls, one cup thing I couldn't watch. Could you? Could you? But you could watch the, the guy with the glass ass thing. Well, that doesn't make any sense. You're weird. Is it things? Let me ask you this. I think it's things coming out of things, other people's bodies. You can see things going in. You just can't see things coming out. That's weird. Because the glass ass thing, that's all going in for the most part, and then there's some coming out. But uh, but for the, but maybe you have a well, problem with things ass- coming out of the body. Yeah, the glass ass thing just—it, I just in my mind, I've, I've just made it fake. You've convinced yourself it's not real. I, absolutely, so like that's why I can watch it because it just doesn't seem real to me. Good for you. Well yeah. done. All right. Hello, well, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good. All right. Oh, good. Uh, I got a question. Yes. Uh, can I go on Judge Judy? Why do you ask me questions that you know a I can't answer it right now because I just don't know, and B, that you know the answer is probably no. CBS though. It's a CBS affiliate. It's a CBS studio. <laughs> yeah, but I—I I don't think that. I mean, didn't didn't we go to have some thing while you were trying to get on Springer a while back? Yeah, but that's a different company. Yeah, but I don't think that was the issue. I think it was that you were going to be on going, and I'm a pimp, and these are my whores. And CBS was like, I don't know. This is a problem that Richie's actually having that has, like, documents. Yeah, yeah. But is it a problem that makes you look creepy? I don't think real or not is the issue. I think creepy or not might be the issue. I mean, I'm What was the thing you wanted to go on Springer with? What was the story? Oh, this chick You were a pimp or something, right? No, I wasn't. I was was going to confront uh, this chick. I know her her pimp. You were going to confront her pimp because she was a hooker. Yeah. You have a friend who was a hooker and you were going to confront her pimp. Yeah. That, I think, see, I don't think it's the Springer isn't owned by CBS issue. I think it's the hookers and pimps issue uh, and your personal life. I think maybe that's what, I think that might be what, especially when she's like, and I'll wear this station logo on my shirt. And I think CBS said no, and you won't go on the show and you're never leaving that. Well, this one is one of his, um, like, one of his friends. He sold his car to him, and his mm-hmm. friend promised him he'd change the title, and he never did. Drove to uh, Hollywood, has racked up like thousands of dollars in parking tickets, and they're all in Richie's name. You should have made him change the title before you, uh, you gave him the keys. That's why I told Sarah to do it when I got That's why, yeah, when I sold him the Taurus, like, he's just like, let's make sure the title. Do not listen to Bruce Weep's kiddo. Did you have a lawyer? You gotta have a lawyer when you do these things. Well, uh, sure. Uh, send me send me a proposal, Richie. We'll, we'll send it up to five. Okay, it's CBS. Well, it's not. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying it's not really my. I'm not really the CBS legal department. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, we're doing more with less, so maybe I am the CBS legal department. Maybe, dude. maybe I'm lead counsel, and nobody told me. So maybe it's, I shouldn't. It's quite possible that by the end of the day, I mean, I could be the general sales manager. I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, dude, who, who's to say? I mean, really? Oh. I mean, or you know, or for that matter, you know, the, G, the, the GSM could be doing this show. Sarah could be working at the front desk. Dave's in to be filling the vending machine. <laughs> the vending machine guy might be the be the head engineer. I mean, really, it's just a it's just musical chairs. Well, send it along, Richie, and we'll, right. we'll I, look into it. Should I not include the fact that I slept with his girlfriend? God, just write it all down and send it to me, you freak. <laughs> Jesus God. Right. This is kind of fascinating though, because then she they broke she broke up with the guy who they both had run off with the car, and then she took the train back to go to Canada uh-huh. for a few weeks after they broke up. But oh, I'm sure quite, she took a train. Never quite made it to Canada, and said she made it to Richie's bed where she stayed for three weeks, uh-huh. and then made back up with her boyfriend and went back down to California. Richie, you disgust me in every he way. Know. And he doesn't know, and Richie wants to spring that on him. You know you're on the radio right now, huh? Oh. You know, that's like, well, you're aware that he, he can't hear this. Moving on, it's 503-733-2970. Is there anything you can say that isn't creepy? <laughs> Some sort of, like, you're the creep maker. <laughs> hey, Rick, have you ever played Apples to Apples? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's the funnest game. I played I no Apples idea. to Apples with a bunch of people last Is it night. a drinking game? No, no, it's a, um, I play it with my family, like, at Christmas and stuff. It is a really, really fun game. I think you'd like it. Okay, then. Apples to Apples, duly it's, noted. Yeah, I think that you should. Hey, sir, have you ever played Left 4 Dead? No. Okay, hey, you know who but has? Who? So last night I started getting text messages from Scott Daly, 
And it was a series of text messages. One was at like two in the afternoon. It was like, Woot, just got my Xbox 360. You know, or whatever, like weird clown hat, smiley face, rose emoticon. Later on, hey, you just got Xbox Live. WTF, LOL, LOL, LOL. Later on, hey, just got Left for Dead. And then uh, later on, so then the messages stopped being from Scott about having got the Xbox and Xbox Live and then Left for Dead. And Xbox Live is the thing that lets you go online and play with other nerds. So the last thing I got from Scott was like, I got Left for Dead. Then later, all the messages were coming from Aaron. And it was a whole lot of like, you know, so and so is the suck. I am on, you know, I am online cleaning house, you know, in Left 4 Dead and you know, leaving, you know, and just annihilating everyone. So watching my text messages last night was like looking at the rings in a tree where you could see the nerd acquisition of Xbox and the game Left 4 Dead. And then you could see what everybody was doing with their evening and how their social life was unfolding last night by tracking the text messages and seeing who was referencing who. Because it turns out that like, Aaron and Scott and like that Dan Dan uh, guy Dan Clark from PopCultureZoo.com, mm-hmm. they were all online last night playing Left 4 Dead, and I know this because I was getting text messages from like each of them about the other guys. You know, Aaron, Dan sucks. I just threw a Molotov cocktail at him, and then later, you know, Scott, Aaron, you know, he's a bastard, and whatever. So I'm just saying, eventually you're going to come to work, and none of us are going to be here because we're all going to be at home, like filled in like an amniotic filled sacks. Just playing that game and like having pizza liquefied and shoved right into our stomachs. That is like the saddest thing I've ever. Yes, heard. it is. Yes, it is. But it'll be sad in HD. So I'm just saying, prepare yourself. You're kind for of reminding me of the sad boy in Monster Camp. Which sad boy? The one. The one. Just like, he's just like. I don't have any plans as such. Exactly. Like, I don't have any plans. You know, like that is in my real life. Like my real life is video games. I plan to be stocking shelves and then going home to be a fifth level mage. Right. No, I don't worry so much about you, but like. No, no. I the thing is, I have a wife to keep me in line. That's mm. the thing. I have a wife, and she's sort of like my. You know, you know what uh, having a wife is like, and I use this analogy all the time, and it, it serves me well. Having a wife is sort of like that. It's like that little hole at the top of the sink that keeps it from overflowing when you forget to turn off the tap in the bathroom. Like the water can only get so high, and then it just overflows and it goes away. A wife is like that overflow hole in the sink. Uh, you know, I can only become so antisocial before she forcibly drags me out. Like you, you know, you do the same thing. I can only avoid human contact for so long, and then Sarah makes me go somewhere. Uh, I can only be so slothful and slack off so much without La Portland, and then, like, uh, Cheryl uh, beats my ass and makes me get my act together. So, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, so, there, you know, there, you, the thing behind every successful man is a strong, but behind it, actually, I am so unbelievably slovenly and just uh, irresponsible. It actually takes multiple women to keep me in line. So, you know, that's me. It's true. You have to have a woman in every aspect of your life to keep yeah. you in line. Otherwise, I'd fall apart. Yeah, but no, because like, you movies, here, you have Joni. Joni, and then you here, and with my fashion and my clothing and my whatever, my personal appearance. Lara at home. Uh, Cheryl, Cheryl for the TV the show. TV. Yeah. So, I mean, it, really, I just, uh, I just can't function by myself. I really am just... Uh, I'm just sad, really. There's just no, you're right. I really am sad. I was going to try to make, mount some defense of myself, but that's clearly not going to work. Hey, I'll just end it on this observation, then we'll take a break. Did you ever do this? Speaking of things in your nose, did you ever do this thing where you sneeze early in the morning? And I apologize for this in advance. Oh by the way. God! I'm just Liz. I've had to hear about your yellow mucus for like a, like a year. <laughs> okay, green. Did you ever do this early in the morning where you sneeze and the sneeze? It's not finished? Well, it kind of dislodges something. And then for the rest of the morning, your nose kind of tickles. And you keep feeling like you need to blow your nose or sneeze, but none of that really gets the job done. And it's like, as you said, it's like a half... I mean, it's not like you start to sneeze and then don't. But it's like you sneeze, but it's like the sneeze didn't accomplish everything it needed to. And then you got 
again, it's like a tickle in your nose. And you're kind of going, yeah, and you're rubbing your nose like a freak. And now my nose is a chicken. Rubbing your nose like Don Taylor in the 80s, apparently. Uh, and, and, you know, and you just keep blowing your nose trying to get it taken care of, and it's just not happening. Also, this final thought, uh, really, I, was, I said this, that was the last one, but it's this. Sneeze that's not finished, that's frustrating. Here's another thing. Did you ever talk to somebody, and I'm not talking about a permanent injury. I'm talking about a, a temporary injury they've got, and it's fascinating, but you realize you can't ask them how they got it. And I'm not talking about Dawn, like, having the gimped-up leg, because I, I think she said that about. she's got, like, a bad a bad hip, right? She's got a bionic knee and a bad hip. And, like, Jason Crompy's on the Kangs. He had there's a, a, an issue with his leg, and I, and I, I actually forgotten whether that was... I think it was an accident or some kind of, and I forgot. But, you know, so Jason's on the cane, which is righteous looking. Uh, and Don's part robot, which is awesome. Seriously, Jason and Don are like the cool cane uh, brigade. Don Taylor and Jason Crump from Vanished Twin. I mean, they both got the cane, and they look like superheroes. I mean, they really look, it, it's, they look like Wolf and Bird or something. But um, but you ever see somebody, you know what I'm talking about, you come in, big, like, cut down the side of their face or something. Or like like a mis- like a bruise under one eye. Exactly. That's exactly who I'm thinking That's of, Sarah. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Big scrape, and you're going like, like a big cut, and it's never alluded to. And you're sitting there talking. You haven't seen a person in a while. And it's just like. And you're going are like, going to talk about why they have a cut on my face? Clearly, the like open wounds. Part of the front of your face was bleeding earlier today. You're going to tell us exactly how that happened, but you can't bring it up, and they don't resolve it just proactively. And so then you just sit and you stare, and you think, as Henry Rollins would say, a hunting accident, and you just have no idea why that wound is there. The bruise is the weirdest thing. I saw. I worked with a guy one time, Shades of Fight Club, came to work, and one of his hands, all of his knuckles were just completely bruised and bloodied. And he never referenced, like, he never made any allusion to it. Like, he didn't go, hey, you may have noticed that it looks like I've been punching somebody all night. Here's the deal with that. He never said anything about it. And so we just sat there in the meeting and, like, looked at his hand and looked at each other and, like, you suppose Ted was off just pounding somebody senseless all night? What's that about? And we never knew. <laughs> And now you know the rest of the story. Uh, we'll take a, a break. Come back after this. Lisa Desjardins later on. Steve Castamon, James Roop, uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, Dave Schmidtke, and your phone call. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. And so forth. Uh, this email says, about Xbox Live. This is our friend Seamus in Colorado. I don't have a wife, so I have no limiter to keep me in line. I am a slothy pile of lose that will just sit and play Xbox, PS3, Wii, or whatever until his ass hurts from sitting too much and then goes to do something else just long enough to recover. I should take a photo. I should take a photo. My big pile of dork lose. Then you can just show it to Sarah every time she feels sorry for you and complains about you being a game nerd. Oh, Seamus is awesome. Though. I'd never judge him. I feel free to judge you. <laughs> I am a slothy pile of lose. Well, all right, fair enough. Well, it's great, you know, when you. It, I, I love the way that our language has evolved. We can talk about something being a like the, real quickly. We'll get Lisa. I was at the when we went to a, a Watchmen on Monday. Uh, our friend Cable Cable Hashitani, uh, who does a lot of uh, cool stuff with, with comics around Portland, comic books, and uh, and is also one of the voices on CBS Radio Theater. He was there. Oh God, and I've forgotten her name again. Oh, for the love of God, I hate me. I hate me so much. Margaret. Are you just? You, do you even know who I'm talking about? With the girl he was there with. Well, the, he was there with. See, this is okay, his see, best friend. No, no, no. See, th- see, this is how they get you. This is how it happens. You and I were in line at the snack bar. Yeah. And. I didn't have any coffee. Cable Hash... Oh, don't even get me started. Cable Hashitani was... Well, let's welcome Lisa. Yeah. 
She doesn't care about Cable Hashitani. I mean, not that he's not a nice guy. I'm just saying she doesn't care about the story, but i got to tell it. Hello, Lisa. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, good. You sound very sort of brusque today. Oh yeah, I thought I was. I thought I was just a little parentheses here. I'm just. I'm gonna just uh, intro and then step back for the end of the story. <laughs> well, thank you. You're awesome. I'm just gonna say this. So we're in line at the snack bar at the movies, and Cable is there, and he says, "Hey, this is my friend." Uh, it turns out her name is Molly, not Margaret. Molly. He says, I knew it was an M. Yeah, hey, this is my friend Molly, and I said, "Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Whatever." Blah 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 blah. Okay, so then later on, you fast forward, movie's done. We're all coming out, standing outside. Hey, what did you think of the movie? I don't know. What did you think of the movie? Blah 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 blah. And. Cable is there with, you know, a woman that I think is Molly. And I say, and it was nice to meet you. And she said, yeah, we've met like five times. And I said, didn't we just meet at the uh, at the snack bar earlier? And she goes, no, that was probably Molly. I'm whoever. You know, we've met like a hundred times. And I said, oh, oh sorry. Because then, I, then you feel like a double jerk because it's like you've confused one woman with another. And then you look like, a, you know, an ass and whatever. And so I think Aaron is right there, of course, Aaron Duran. And it's like he's there observing the whole thing, just lightning quick. He's like, you are made out of fail. And then he just sort of does like a little boom with his hand, like, and then he walks away. So there you go. And But see, now I've forgotten her name again. So there you go. I really am made out of fail. Seamus, you are not alone, sir. Is that somebody's cell phone ringing again? God, I'm sorry. I just like, I'll set it down and forget about it. <laughs> All right. Hello, Lisa. How are you today? Hi, Meg. Wait, what is the name Molly short for? Was it ever short for another name? Wait, hold on. The woman's name is Meg. From Aaron Geek in the City, Meg with five exclamation points, red hair. Molly is the sister with black hair. All right. Uh, sorry, Meg and Molly and so forth. Yeah, is, is, wait, Meg is short for Margaret, I guess, or Megan? Megan. Megan. Is Molly short for something? Was it ever? Maybe it was. Maybe it's some name that is now we've just discarded. Emollient? The long or maybe. I'm going to start calling her emollient just until she hits me and tells me to stop. Just until she kicks me. I don't know. All right. Well, I got another. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hey, let me ask you this. What is the difference between an earmark and pork? Oh, it's all, it's all uh, in the eye of the beholder. Basically, an earmark is something that in a huge spending bill... Money is designated for a very specific project, like a bridge or a road or a big, giant museum. And the question of whether it's pork or not just depends on who you are. A lot of these projects, the people who put them in there will say, ah, that's absolutely necessary, that's very important. Other people say, no, that's just a big bunch of pork to go to your district and maybe help a friend of yours that lives there. Who knows? You know, we're hearing on the floor of the Senate all day today, senators come to the floor and defend the earmarks they've put in the bill, and they run the gamut from gamut from the National Lighthouse kind of association to Barbara Boxer was just up there defending an earmark she put in to renovate a very specific hangar that would become a museum on some military base. And some people say, hey, that, that's pork. Do we really need another military base museum? But she would say, yeah, we absolutely need it. I think it's historic. And so that's kind of you, you get into the weeds on these debates. And But it's become a lot better. A, lo a lot of these earmarks used to be, no question about it, pork. But now Congress has changed the rules so that you see exactly who is proposing each of these earmarks. So every senator has to defend what they put up there. It used to be there were no names attached, so you didn't really know exactly who was behind some of these things. All right, I've got a great idea, and it really is a great idea. This is the best idea you're going to hear all week. Are hey, you, wow. Are, are you ready for it? you prepared? I'm ready. I'm sitting right. up in my chair. Okay. So, you know, uh, Susie Orman is on with Anderson Cooper and Larry King all the time. Right. And, uh, you know, Larry King Larry King must love having Susie Orman on because she, you can tell that Larry King just despises most of his audience. And, <laughs> and he, he doesn't take a lot of calls these days. 
because I suspect that that show's not quite as live as they sometimes make it out to be. That's just my my theory. But um, I can find out. I don't know. Well, but you but so you miss the great thing that used to happen. It's like how you don't get to see Jerry Lewis, uh, you know, like oh, uh, get right. stoned on Percocet and fall over during the Labor Day telethon anymore. Uh, <laughs> but you don't get to see Larry King yelling at his callers when they don't get to the point fast enough. You know, <laughs> Sarasota, you're on the air. Hi, Larry. I've been listening to you. What's the question? Wham! You get out of You disgust me. And then he hangs up. You don't get to see that anymore. But he must love having Susie Orman on because she's such the bad cop. Um, but she she's, the, she's, she's all about the, being the bad cop. And right. she's totally like the bad cop that like beats you senseless and then says, like, it's going to be okay. And like pets, you know, like pats your hair. Right. And uh, even when she finds the occasional, you know, good job to you being responsible, she will lambaste everyone else that is not that person. Dude, which is I... I was watching, and I'm. everybody can just uh, eat one if they don't like this. I was watching Oprah at one point because Susie Orman was on there, and it was the most glorious thing ever because my wife actually called me. She's like, get in here. You're going to watch this. And it was Oprah, and I don't really care about Oprah, but she's like, you got to see this. So I go, and Susie Orman is the guest on Oprah, and Oprah has, like, live via satellite or whatever, some idiot couple uh, in Florida – and they're both just they're just corpulent and just stupid and and they you know in some house that costs nine million dollars and you know he's like a pipe fitter and you know I don't know she sells like weed eaters or something it was just clearly in some house that they could never ever ever afford and there's just the whole like Susie Orman you, you help me Susie Orman you're my only hope and it's you know, just like pleading for her assistance and man she she beat them like like they owed her money I mean. Siri, like the, not like the family mule, uh, but you could say that she, <laughs> nice. she beat them like a gong. I mean, it was just, it was so satisfying to watch. So she's the bad cop. But if you watch Susie Orman's show, Susie Orman's trademark bit is the approved or denied bit. And I've talked about this a million times where people call up and they'll say, like, I want to buy something. And they'll be like, I, a woman called okay. the other day and she's like, I want to buy a thousand dollar tie tack, uh, a tie clip for my husband. And she's like, what? She goes, it's a, it's a platinum tie clasp or whatever. It costs $1,000. And then Susie asks, like, how much do you make? How much do you take home? What do you owe? What are your credit card bills? Do you have outstanding loans? Whatever. And then at the end of it all, she says, you are either approved or you are denied. CNN, Anderson Cooper, needs to start doing a thing every night, a segment like that keeping him honest bit he was doing, where they take the pork barrel projects, like the museum yep, that yep. like somebody is proposing, and Susie Orman looks at the budget, looks at the deficit, looks at what we're spending, what's coming in, what's going out. She looks at what this museum is going to cost, and then she says either you are approved or you are denied. Wow, that is a great idea. Now, you know that's a legitimately great idea, too. That is legit. I mean... This is tricky ground now because I'm gonna have to. I might have pushed this up the chain. Let I mean, me ask. Can, can you get this idea to let's say Anderson Cooper's people? I can. Get, I don't know about him, but I can definitely get him to to his people. Yeah. Now, I'm just but saying. You no, know, I could imagine like all guy. Everybody. CNN is is strangely divided. It's divided by the show. Each show is like a different kingdom, and so I'd imagine like sit room would want to do. Like everybody is going to want to do that. That's no, a great idea. But he's already got her. There's the thing. That's he's true. already on his show. So they need to do it. That's and Anderson Cooper's show is very, and I mean this in the best way. It's very fragmented. In other words, it's not long form programming like Larry King. It's a series of, you know, it's divided into short segments because. Yeah, it's very much you know news for the ADD generation, which is great. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's a total it's a total uh, natural for his show. That is a great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. All Who right. I need to get this to? Oh, and that can be between you and the God of your understanding whether Rick Emerson gets some credit for that. So. Oh, well, I, I, I'm gonna yeah. 
I, I'm all, I think you deserve credit. That's nice. great. Thank you, Lisa. You're a good person. That's a, yeah. All right. Uh, Very low on the totem pole. Hey, so, um, yeah. And so, real quickly here, we got the uh, Steve coming up in a, in a skosh. Uh, so we got to we got to talk to him in a moment. But uh, so we got the spending, the earmarks, right. and then I know that um, I know that uh, that uh, that Timothy Geithner is, you know, he's they they've already got this thing where they're trying to Congress, yeah, yeah and they're kind of dragging people before Congress and trying to like beat some answers out of them and yeah, he's got to be back here on Monday again too. He's yeah right. Yeah, so he's a busy guy, but it just seems like at some point there's just such a snarled mess in terms of any of these paper trails. You're just never going to find out. You're never going to find out the cause of why everything sort of went south. It's just never. It seems like you. It's like a Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicking over the lantern. That you like. You're never going to find the single cause of this. But I know they keep trying to like interrogate uh, these guys to figure out why it happened and why these things aren't going to be happening again. But it seems like a bit of a seems like a bit of a Sisyphean task. Yeah, and it's fascinating to watch these members of Congress quizzing these guys and trying to get at that because what's happened is it's almost like everything is reversed. Very often when you get an incredibly knowledgeable person at a hearing, like a, a Tim Geithner, who's you know an expert in their field, you can really see the divide between congressmen who know what they're talking about and those who don't. And, th- and those who aren't paying attention to that subject will ask very simple questions like, uh, how much does this cost? You know, like very, very simple. And then the other ones, you're kind of Hillary Clinton, you know, wow. over the top, has read everything, will ask very detailed questions, a detailed line. But in this situation, it's almost reversed that the, the congressmen who um, you, you feel like maybe haven't really gotten their hands around it are picking out one little subplot and asking about that. But the smartest senators and congressmen are just kind of asking these unbelievably simple questions because even they don't understand it. They're just saying, when like Maria Campbell today, who really knows her stuff when it comes to finance, she she just straight up asked Tim Geithner, "Are the banks lending money now?" You know, like this very simple question, which shows what a mess it is. And yeah. and his answer was, "Well, yeah, we're getting there. They they're starting to, and we're going to get on the website." You know, the kind of thing. and they actually do, he does have a, a, a very Obama like. Uh, there's a Tim Geithner now website, financialstability.gov that is supposed to be watching the money that's coming through the Treasury. If you go to it, let me refresh it. If you go to it today, though, there is there's kind of a very rough outline and a little note. This site is coming soon. That's fantastic. That's great. <laughs> Financial yeah. prosperity under construction. Right. And my other favorite thing that happened today is we got uh, from the second uh, kind of second-in-command Democrat over in the House, Denny Hoyer, the majority leader over there, sent out a, an email to reporters about a report that came out today about the stimulus, and huge headline it that says, new report shows stimulus plan will work. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is, that is literally the headline coming out. Today, ah, later. That's wonderful. Excellent. <laughs> I love this country. I really do. All right, Lisa, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. I'll right, talk to you soon. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. That's fantastic. Hey, while we're talking about the stimulus plan and that their economy, don't forget to go to 970.am where the uh, half-off sale is going on right now. The half-off sale at CBS Radio and this very fine radio station, AM 970, the talker, are running. You go to 970.am, you click on the half-price banner. Uh, while you're there, you can find, well, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it is a whole lot of uh, local businesses, client services, uh, you know, all manner of things where everything is half off. Uh, for example, it is everything. I mean, there's everything from uh, restaurants to movies uh, to, uh, I mean, there's uh, like salons and spas and uh, all kinds of things there. For example, there's a uh, Dragon's Way Martial Arts Academy, uh, you know, and uh, which is, 
you know, we've been talking to Richie about, you know, about martial arts and self-defense and all that. And it's it, one of those things that I was reading an article the other day that there's some huge upswing in the number of people that are doing sort of martial arts as not just self-defense, but as a self-defense fitness hybrid. So mm-hmm. Dragon's Way uh, Martial Arts Academy uh, and also Common Ground Chiropractic, where you can receive a three-dimensional dynamic chiropractic evaluation from Common Ground Chiropractic. So you can find out more about all this. You go to uh, 970.am, you click on the half-off banner. And uh, you will peruse the bargains and be amazed. All right. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Let's welcome Dr. Rick Emerson show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kassenbaum. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you, my friend? How's life? I'm feeling a little better today. Remember how down I was on, on all the sour economic news? Well, I'm glad everything has turned around, especially for that car industry. Oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm we, sorry. We do have to talk about that, don't we? But But the Dow... Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up right now, 211 points. You should do a sidebar article where, uh, as part of this, you find out how Tony Dow of Leave It to Beaver is doing. <laughs> I like that. I'm just I'm trying to put a smile on your face. You know, it sounds like you're, I mean, a little better, but I'm, Rick Emerson's trying to help you bounce back with his patented wit. <laughs> it worked. Thanks. Let's find out what the Tony Dow average is. And then you call Tony Dow at home, <laughs> and then he answers them, and he goes, hello, and you go, Tony Dow of Leave It to Beaver fame? Yes. How are you doing today? Uh... I'm okay. Better than yesterday? A little bit. Okay, there you go. And then you go, the Tony Dow, up. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. And if you're a morning show, then you go like a wah, 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 and then everybody laughs. And then you go like, woo, 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 and then you go to a break. And then uh, and then you get like a 12 share. So there you go. Done and done. I'm surprised like Letterman hasn't uh, already come up with that. That's classic. I well, like that. You know, you got, sometimes every now and again, uh, you know, the the early bird will, will catch a, will catch a worm, sir. So, I mean, that's a, one little tiny bit of comedy uh, gold that I managed to mine. So That's a good one. Uh, I like that. You, well, you see, better, you better uh, copyright that before somebody takes it. Yeah, I'll get a, get a lawyer on that right now. Uh, the, uh, let me, uh, because you see, now, though, I've come out of the gate making you giggle. One might even say chortle, uh, but, but then we're going to talk about all the suck that's going on. And now I have nothing amusing to end this segment with, so it's like we're going to go out on a big down. Uh, well, I'll think of something amusing while we talk about this. Hey, how about those car sales? I bet they're up. Hey, yeah. No. Uh, U.S. auto sales plunged big time Wait, in February. Hold on. Before you actually say how much, Sarah, let me ask you this. Sarah, what percent do you think auto sales plunged? Now, is this month to month, January to February? Well, we're comparing February, February. February to last February. Okay, Sarah, so what percentage are auto sales this last February that we just finished? Mm-hmm. What percentage are they down from last February? In other words, if last February, to make the percentage thing work, let's say last February they sold 100 cars. Mm-hmm. How many cars do you think they sold this February? What percentage do you think they're down? Um, I don't know, 30%? Wow. Sarah, Sarah says 30%. Steve, survey says? She's close. 41%. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's so, well, 40, Can you imagine that? They've, they've sold more uh, less than a third. Uh, well, how do I say this? Hold on. So 41% is obviously more than a third. They've, they've sold more than a third less automobiles than they did last year. So it, is, it has fallen by more than a third. Yes, it has fallen by more than a, more than a third. Uh, GM is at the top of the list. Their auto sales down 53%. Ford down 48%. Uh, and Chrysler down 44%. Toyota down 40%. Nissan and, and Honda are down in the upper uh, 30s. Uh, when you look at the U.S. automakers, every single model that they offer, sales were down about 10%, at least. 
at least 10% on every model. Are cars... Okay, here's the thing I'd be curious to know. Are cars... How do I put this? If every... Jesus, I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just so absurd. It's just so staggeringly... I can't even fathom it. If every if every single model of everything everywhere in the car world is down at least 10%, are cars the worst off item period? In other words, if you were to compare cars to like toasters or, uh, you know, like uh, uh, TVs or barbecue grills, like it, it, are cars the absolute worst off? As far as overall percentage drop in sales? Yeah. I mean, in terms of, like, like you couldn't say, like, and sales of every single brand of toaster have fallen. I mean, because that's probably not true. Electronic sales this Christmas were down. High-end electronic stuff, like flat-screen TVs. Mm -hmm. uh, I seem to recall them being in the 50% uh, range around Christmas. Uh, but overall, I mean, this is bad. I mean, the only thing that comes... Uh, that, that is this bad in any other sector overall, when you look at the entire sector, is the housing market. You know, I mean, and then comes cars. Uh, just, it, it just is 41%. I mean, I can't even get my, I can't even get my head around that because at a certain point, that's like when they were talking about, you know, no, no, they're going to, you know, the, the Fed, they're going to cut, the, they're going to cut the interest rate to like nothing. The, the economy, they, I think they were cutting everything down to zero or whatever. And like at a certain point, there's just a, uh, you know, like we were talking about, you know, there's various uh, factions of our uh, our nation right now that are struggling in terms of the economy, and the media is no different. We're talking about newspapers. Newspapers are taking it in the shorts, you know, pretty hard right now. And they, where they're just, uh, I won't, I'll be very careful about this. I, I won't uh, say who, but I know someone who works at what we will call a print outlet somewhere in America uh, <laughs> okay. who once handled like a... Uh, department, a sort of, uh, and it's probably not, if you listen to the show, it's probably not who you're thinking of. Um, they once handled a, an area of journalism. They once reported on one kind of thing. They handled one, one sort of field. And now, not only they handle more than one, they handle several things that don't even go together. Like, I mean, it, it is as though one person has put it, been put in charge of, like, bird watching and, uh, like, uh, Filipino knife fighting. I mean, it just makes no sense. It's like wherever, like you, you know how to write. What are you writing about now? Um, opera. Okay. Uh, in addition to writing about opera, uh, you will now be writing about uh, oil changes and also about octogenarian sexual habits. Uh, that starts tomorrow. There will be no pay raise for this. Have a good day. You know, and like it's just staggering. And you do wonder at some point. I, here's the thing. Do you ever wonder if this? Do you wonder if companies uh, right now are just going to accidentally fire everybody one of these days? Like yeah. they're just going to keep firing and firing, and one of these days the signals will get crossed, and HR won't talk to like corporate, and they're accidentally going to fire everybody left in the building, and like, and then like the building will just be empty, and it'll just be sort of drifting along, and no one will be here, and no one will know because everyone will have gotten fired, and so no one will alert anybody because they will have just by accident gotten rid of all the remaining people. Because that would be easy to do at this point. It'd be like a, it'd be like losing a Lilliputian. The halls will just be empty. You're yes, right. Empty. Well, there. I did find uh, a glimmer of, of hope to pin the end of this segment on. Okay. All right. So we got some positive stuff here. So the Obama administration, one of the things that they came out with, uh, some more funding, some more uh, rescue uh, policy, if you want to call it that, uh, is this health. Uh, uh, package that they're calling it, T-A-L-F. Basically, this is money that's supposed to be put out there so that um, consumers can get 
uh, money, can, can get credit again so they can buy cars. So they're trying to turn this around by uh, making this money available so that the auto industry can go up to people and say, hey, you can get a loan and buy this car now. Okay. I tried. I'm I, reaching. No, no, no. I'm reaching. I, I don't know. I mean, look, and I give you points for trying. I really do. E for effort, sir. I don't really know that uh, the good news at this point is that we're going to, uh, again, start lending Americans money that they probably won't be able to pay back to buy things they don't need. I don't really know that that's a step forward, but, you know, hey, what do I, you know, I'm no, uh, I'm no, uh, uh, you know, I'm no Ali Velshi, so I don't know these things. How about this? Uh, Americans are saving 5% more. The Tony Dow average. <laughs> I think the Tony Dow average would be the best way to cap off these uh, depressing reports. Well, yeah. You can have that idea for free, sir. That's yours. Thank to keep. you. All right. Have a good day, sir. I'm running down to Broadway in the late night theater to uh, see if I can sell that one. Yeah, there you go. I don't even need credit. I'll ghostwrite that one for you. Okay. All right. Have a good one. There yeah. you go. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Since your knowledge, do you think CNN has ever used any of your ideas? No. Just I don't even need, when you said it, I don't even need to check. No. No, the answer to that is no. No. No one uses any of my ideas, Sarah. I throw these ideas out and they're, you know, they're just sort of, and they're just swept away. Swept away into a pile of radio refuse. Sort of an audio compost heap somewhere. Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, now I'm getting nothing but uh, left for dead emails. How about this one? Oh, this is from Dan. Um, uh, let's see. Rick, I was indeed playing Left for Dead last night with Aaron Scott and Ken from Music Du Jour. While I'm not a fracking expert at the game, I can certainly hold my own and then, wait for it, also, it should be noted that I wasn't the guy who kept uh, spooking the damn witch and then ran behind the other players for protection. And then he says, I'm looking at you, Mr. Geek in the city. All right. You know what? Uh, keep the rest of the flame war to yourself, kids. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, and then I got, yeah, I got one yeah. from Aaron, too. Yeah. I am. Um... Did you get this thing from Lisa Wood about what her profile name is when she is on Xbox Live? No. The first word is douche. Anyway, we'll take a break. Back after this, Dave Schmidtke is here. Uh, later on in the program, we'll have CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, Mr. Skin, High Concept Wednesday. Don't forget, one random on-air caller today wins My Two Dads, the entire first season on DVD, during Paul Reiser and Greg Evigan. It's a Rick Emerson show. Keep listening. Status synchronization. I think it's okay. You think it's okay that we stopped? Yeah. I mean, I think we're using the word Facebook too much. That's probably true. Yeah. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. That one gets me every time. Because it stops all of a sudden? It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Hey, here's a weird thing. Uh, so I was uh, at the watch place the other day, like the fossil store. I didn't buy anything. I just kind of duck in because I got the, you know, because I got, I, I don't have a watch problem. I mean, I have, uh, I have four watches, but I purchased them basically over four, four or five years. Yeah, you've had that, that Eagle watch for like four years probably, right? Uh, the five? one with the Phoenix. Uh, the Phoenix yeah. Uh, what it was, we were, 
I think KOTK. KOTK. That was the big gay makeover. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that would have been four or five years ago. So I got that and I got the. I think they're all fossil watches. Anyway, so I got like four watches. And basically, I get one for Christmas, more or less, each year. Um, But it it took me a long time to find watches that I actually liked and blah, 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 fossil store, whatever. So I'm there the other day and just just sort of ducking in just to see what they've got and window shopping, as they say. And I heard a woman having the weirdest conversation. This is totally apropos of nothing. This is really not the Mythbusters question I was going to ask, but, you know, might as well be. The woman was having the weirdest conversation. It was uh, some, uh, like, chick and her boyfriend, and they were talking to the store clerk. And the the store clerk is like, so, uh, you know, blah, 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 what do you think about this watch here? And she said, she said this, she said, well, I don't know, it's not really for me. I can't wear watches, neither can my mother. And then the clerk said, what do you mean you can't wear watches? And she said, when I wear them, they just quit running. And the clerk said, what do you mean? I thought it was like a rash or something, like it was giving yeah, her inflammation. Yeah, like, I can't wear like leather bands. Like she was getting scaly skin or something or other. And she's like, no, no, no. When I can, she's like, I can't wear watches. They just stop all of a sudden. And the, the clerk said, what do you, do you mean like, like your wrist, like maybe she had a fat wrist or something, and like because like I do this thing occasionally where my wrist, like I'll bend it at just the right uh, at the right way, and it pops that little button out that you used to set the time, and then the, the clock is the watch is stuck at like twelve twenty or something. And she said. No, no, no. She's like, I just wear it, and something about my body, it just um, it just turns off the battery. It just, like, diffuses the battery. It's a really well-known phenomenon. My mother has it, too. Jewelers know that it's true. And then the clerk and the boyfriend were both nodding really sagely, like it wasn't insane gibberish. And they all went, no, 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 that's great. Created in seven days, you say. Really? Made from a rib, you say. No, that's fantastic. No, you don't at all sound like a crazy woman. Well done. And then I just, I left uh, because it, the whole thing was just, it was like kind of overwhelming the circuitry in my brain. Oh, you so, should have asked her. I, I, man, I wanted to, but it was like, I wanted to, but I knew that it would just become frustrating and that it would, it, 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 almost immediately. I knew that as soon as I asked her to explain it, that she was going to, you know what it is? It was going to be like talking to, what's her name? Uh, Dolores Umbridge? Or, no, no, no. That, who's the woman in, um... Who's the one in Harry Potter that teaches the spells and potions and charms class? Like the hippie trippy Emma Thompson uh, teacher. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. It's not Luna Lovegood. It's not Dolores Umbridge. It's uh, 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 Trele- uh, Miss Trelawney. Is that her name? Yes, I think so. But she teaches the potions class, and she's always, and clearly it's J.K. Rowling's um, way of making fun of astrology and, and, you know, and the supernatural, you know, or whatever, which is strange in, in the Harry Potter book. But, but I just knew that as soon as she talked, I was going to be hearing chimes in the air, and I was going to start smelling sage everywhere. <laughs> but the weirdest part was she goes, no, 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 happens to my mother, too. Ask jewelers. It's a well-known phenomenon. And I opened my mouth. Oh, I should mention that Lara was there. So I opened my mouth to say something to her to ask, like, pardon me, I couldn't help overhearing that you're crazy. Would you please elaborate (laughs) on this? And I caught myself, and I looked over, and Lara was looking at me because she could see the wheels turning in my head that I was about to ask this woman to explain her lunacy. And Lara gave me that look like, are you going to do this? And I stopped, and I went, no. And I packed the thoughts back inside my soul, and I closed my mouth, and I left, and I went on my merry way. Well, I've been looking on the Internet, and it seems to happen to a lot of people. It doesn't Actually, happen to anyone. it happens to me. It doesn't happen to you. No, it really. It does. It amounts of electric- See, that's why electricity in people. Yeah. But, but, but that's insane. That doesn't make any sense. The it, body is insane. Nobody knows how our human it, body works. I used, I used to work at a watch shop, and, and believe me, it happens more often than you think. See... But, that, but, <laughs> but it doesn't. That's just impossible. Explain how every single thing in the human body works. I, that's, not the, that's not the same thing. That's like people that say, I walk under streetlights and they go out. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> go call Art Bell. I mean, it's just, so here's my thing. I'm not saying if you wear a watch, like the battery doesn't, doesn't quit working. I'm saying like there's, there's nothing in your body 
to my knowledge, and someone, if you're like a doctor calls up and tells me, there's nothing in your body, to my knowledge, that would ever make that happen. So that Unless you're just evil, Dave. Yeah, it, it does, and that's true, too. Have you considered that maybe you're either evil <laughs> or you're living on top of a burial ground full of Indians that used to work in a magnetic factory well, filled would, with electrodes? That would explain a few things, really, about my life. So you'll put on watches and they'll stop? Well, they won't stop immediately. Just, I go through batteries, uh, they'll last maybe a month. And, and, and so th- this could be happening. Now, this could be a reality to fit into Rick Emerson's... You know Logical we have to world. test this. You know that yeah. we have to get you, and we have to put a watch on each arm, <laughs> and we have to, and then we have to like get a control group of somebody else wearing like a, a replica of the watch with the battery, and then we have to uh, test it. And you have to buy the batteries at the same time from the same stand. I wonder. That could be it. That the batteries. I just keep buying dead batteries. Are you buying batteries from the same place? No, I haven't worn a watch in years, though. I mean, seriously, it just they just after about a about a month or so time for another battery were you just wearing like are you buying bum watches <laughs> no Aaron's registered some people can't wear battery watches his grandfather's one of them there's some people who can't wear battery powered watches and can only wear wind-up watches right. i demand that someone who i demand that somebody who knows science call me and tell me if this is true science seriously i demand that like somebody who has who has actually studied science uh, call me and explain this well, if, I, I if a, a scientist tells me it's true i will totally believe it okay i had a friend of mine that just no joke he'd take a short fluorescent tube and grab both ends of it, and we'd turn off the light, and it would actually have a very faint glow. Now, see, so they could do it at the Freak Show on Coney Island. Uh-huh. I thought that fluorescent... Now, see, I thought that that like, fluorescent stuff kind of glowed... I think it glows in the dark anyway, doesn't it? Well, we were also Cause very it's like high. Because it's phosphor... <laughs> and also, we were stoned. Because <laughs> I think it's. I think fluorescent stuff is phosphorescent. Yeah. Uh, which I think right. maybe glows. Like napalm. It's just like napalm. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you ever uh, close, uh, sometimes not even close your eyes, like when you open your eyes and you like see uh, uh, like uh, weird, uh, like floaty things that look like tapeworms? Oh, the little eye boogers? Yeah, but like they're floating in your field of vision. Yeah, and as you try to look at them, they keep moving. Yeah, you know, yeah. I finally I finally asked my, whatever, the ophthalmologist, the guy that puffs the air into your eye and makes you, makes you cry. I finally asked that guy, I'm like, look, this is going to sound crazy. And he goes, the thing's floating in front of your eyes, they're real. And I said, what? And he goes... When you're in the womb, you have uh, veins that go into your eye that keep your eyes aerated and give blood to your eyes so they can grow. And then, like, those are the remnants of tiny little fibers that transmit blood and oxygen into your eye when you're, when you're in the womb. Really? Mm. And Never I said, really? And he goes, it's like an umbilical cord. And he said, when you're first uh, forming, there are tiny little fibers that transmit oxygen and blood to all parts of your body, especially your eyes, because I guess they need to be, like, hyper aerated or something. They need to get a lot of oxygen. And he said, it's like an umbilical cord. You know, because when the umbilical cord, you know, sometimes maybe have a little stub of an umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's like that. He said, you know, they, eventually they disintegrate and they taper off. But there's little remnants that stay attached. You know, they're inside your eye. He said, that's why. And that's why when you try to look at them, they move away because they're part of your eye. They're there from the embryonic stage of you, Dave Schmidtke, as a youth. And by youth, I mean a bag of goo floating in a thing. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. I that's never why I can't answer the watch question because I'm calling a baby a bag of goo floating in a thing. <laughs> there's no. Uh, there's, let's is see, anyone calling about the watch thing? Probably. See, but this is like a thing I will instinctively just believe because the only people who will call are people who, uh, who like because it's like again it's that whole thing of like it's the thing of the, uh, the please call me now if you you know if when you walk under lights they sometimes go out and so like you never hear from like the 99.99999 percent of people who don't believe in that like you only ever hear from like the crazy portion who <laughs> believe that it takes place so all right i'm waiting for a uh i'm waiting for uh for richie to screen these here this is just about nazi zombies and then this one's about the sham wow guy well fine let's start with that and then we'll do some news hello hi you're on the rick emerson radio program how can i help ye 
Hey, Rick, this is Jesse. How are you guys doing? What's up, sir? Hello. Not much. So, okay, so I'm a bartender, and uh, the guy was in my bar two nights ago. Oh, this and, is, wait, uh, let's back up for a second. Uh, right. You are calling about the Sham Wow guy. Yeah. And now, keep in mind, as we proceed, I'm simply going to say, uh, we, we, this is a sort of stock preamble. Uh, so we have no way of knowing if any of the information contained within this call is accurate. We are making no promises. We are making no warranties. We are making no assertions about the veracity uh, of this call or any of the content contained therein. That being okay. said, go ahead, sir. Okay, so, you know, but somebody's telling a story. You can get a gauge whether, you know, they're making it up or not. And this guy seemed pretty genuine. He said he roommate, he was a roommates with the ShamWow guy uh, when he was living in L.A. years ago. And the ShamWow guy was kind of a, you know, he was a salesman. He was trying to be an actor. And he was saying he made, he was in a movie. It was like the, something about comedians or whatever. He told me the title. But, um, and so, so the guy's name is Vince, right? The ShamWow guy? Yeah. This is his real name because he's like an Eastern Bloc Jewish guy. His real name's Ofer Shlomi. That's a fantastic name. If I were, if I were a clown, I would be Shlomi the Clown. <laughs> so the, the, the two, like he, Told a bunch of stories, but the two real key ones is one is like why he wears that Britney Spears mic on his face. Oh, this is the sham. Okay, so why does he wear the uh, the headset? Because he was he was sick for a while. He had Bell's palsy, and so that side of his face is droopy. Have you noticed that one eye is kind of weird looking? Oh, yeah. Bell's palsy is like that the mic uh, covers up the droopy cheek. Who were we thinking had Bell's palsy, Sarah? Wasn't there some celebrity and we were like insisting that they had Bell's palsy? It was wasn't um, it a politician? It was John McCain. Yeah. It was John McCain. Yeah. How quickly we forget. Um, okay, so okay, so that's so why he wears the headset. So his mom is like a crazy, like, you know, old country kind of woman. So when he was sick, his mom like refused to take him to the doctor and kept giving him like all these old school herbal remedies. Eat some dirt. And so the guy said that this Shamwell guy smelled awful. Like you couldn't if you ever got trapped <laughs> in an elevator with him, like you, you almost vomited because he smelled so bad with all the herbal stuff coming out of his skin. That is fantastic. With all the herbal stuff coming oh. out of his skin. Maybe okay, he has more the, gallons. All right. The, the best story, though, is uh, so he first started before he was on TV. He would go to boat shows and sell the ShamWell. He, you know, he would go to you know, boat shows and you know, big expo center boating events. And uh, the guy that was at my bar would ride with him occasionally. And the first time he like rode with him in the van going up to the boat show, he had a ShamWow on the dashboard. And he asked the guy, he's like, well, you know, what's, what's that sham wow for? Why do you have one sitting on your dashboard? He says, on long trips to save time, instead of stopping oh, God. to take bathroom breaks. No, break. no, no. You are not telling me he uses the sham wow as an ad hoc bathroom. He said he would roll it up. Not, just, just, not yet. I understand how the like, mechanics work. You, like, uh, and please, then, for the love of God, you're telling <laughs> Please tell me you're making this up. I'm not making it up. This is where the guy said it. I'm telling you, he was convinced. And then he would put it back on the dashboard. <laughs> well, why not? Why not keep it there where it can aerate out the car like some sort of horrible mini tree? In his defense, I think he, you know, rang it out. But still, I mean, you mix that smell why with the uh, herbal okay. smell. I call BS on the story, and here's why. Not because, you know, you, not because you couldn't use the ShamWow for this purpose. You could. But here's the detail that, that, that makes the story unbelievable to me. Why would you ever put it back on the dashboard? Why would you not at least put it in the glove box or in a bag on the, on the floor? you got to let it dry out. Well, what about what about your pants? Wouldn't you be wet all over the place trying to do it like that? I mean, I don't know the mechanics. No, because you, you wrap it up. Um, uh, yeah. yeah I, oh. Like a paper towel around a... <laughs> wow, okay. okay. Like a... Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you, I asked you roll that. it up like a burrito. Ah, i got to try that. Like yeah, do that right now. <laughs> don't don't let me stop you. Do it, do it right here in the studio. <laughs> do you have a ShamWow handy? Jesus. <laughs> so, 
I'll tell you what, right, I'll, find, I'll find the guy again because he, he's friends with uh, uh, another a server that works at a restaurant near mine. Good God. And uh, I'll try to get him to call into the show. All right, please do. I want to know more about this. All yeah, right. I, that was pretty great. He was telling me that, and the whole time I was thinking, like, I got to I got to tell Rick. Wow. All right, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Oh, good God. That's just That makes story. sense about the microphone, too. Totally. No, that it makes absolute sense. And every picture that he takes, he's always turned to the side like that with his shamwow. Exactly. And you that never was, see him photographed from Totally. The he has. So he's like everybody. He has, the, you know, he's like some of those. Well, like uh, Tina Fey was that way for a long time. Or she, you know, because of the scar, she wanted to be photographed from whatever, that left side or whatever. Um, but it, that thing with the shamwow, doesn't it seem like we could start an urban legend about that right now? No, no, no. People are using the shamwow uh, instead of diapers. Like, that's how you'd make it believable. You'd start with diapers. You'd say, parents are diapering their babies in the shamwow. Like, if I read that on the Internet like right now. Like, you I Totally. I, the thing is, I might actually believe that. If I read that on the Internet, that, like, parents were buying the shamwow as, like, a super diaper for, like, a long trip when they didn't want to, like, stop to change the kid. Mm -hmm. I think I might actually believe that. Because can't you look... I know parents that would, like, just give their kid, hey, have some NyQuil. Why? Doesn't matter. Drink it. And it's, like, because they're driving across country, and then with the kid squalling in the back, you know, like a pelican. Uh, so it, I, I could see some jackass lazy parent wrapping their, their kid in swaddling shamwow. I mean, that... Well, you know, remind me that sometime in your early board, to have, I'll tell you the story about why I believe the Oregon Department of Transportation owes me to get my truck detailed. Okay, and Long that story. time will be later in the program, maybe yeah. in the 1 o'clock hour. Hold on. Frightening, frightening story. Bodots. I could have used a ShamWow. <laughs> and wait, auto detailing. Yes. All right, fantastic. Uh, Sarah, what time is it? Um, 21. That's insane. Where does the time go? Uh, so here's the thing. We got uh, a news with Dave Schmicky. We've got these calls. Uh, should we begin the news segment? I'm going to take some calls here in a moment. What do you feel, Sarah? Let's take some calls, and we can maybe start the news segment on the other side. Let's take some calls. We'll start the news segment <laughs> okay. on the other side. Yes, Woo. have one. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's me. And um, hello, and it's good to hear from you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Um, about the body electro, uh, how your body conducts electricity, I do appliance repair, and there are some appliances that have, uh, especially ovens, have touch screen uh, glass panels. There's no buttons. It's kind of uh, Star, uh, Star Trek uh, panels where right. you touch the glass. Like an it, iPod uh, or an iPod, like an iPhone. Yes, yeah, yeah like an iPhone. Um, and But that relies on your body electricity to, uh, to trip a button. Because you're closing a circuit. Yeah, but yeah. you're not actually pushing a button. You're actually causing a static charge. Right. Uh, some people cannot operate those ovens. I think uh, I think what's her name? Uh, Fat Boy's girlfriend, Bobby. Because it's Bobby and Bobby. So it's a Fat Boy's girlfriend. Uh, we, because we're lame and we, we're unimaginative. For a, we're a room full of creative people, we're just really, really uninteresting sometimes. Because now we just call her Girl Bobby, which totally sounds like we're about five or like uh, or that we're like uh, what are those things that live in Journey to the Center of the Earth, Molochs or whatever. Whatever. Anyway, so we just call her Girl Bobby. She was telling me the thing that she can't use an i an iPhone because her finger won't touch, like, won't make the buttons work. So, so she says that like she touches an iPhone, like nothing happens. Hmm. It, it happens a lot. And it's, uh, some people get really frustrated. Uh, their appliance doesn't work for them. They spent like three thousand dollars on an oven, and it doesn't work. And there's nothing I can do. And same with the. I think it's the same with the wristwatches and the battery. How your body just conducts a certain uh, kind of electricity that frazzles uh, the battery or the electronics in the watch. See, it's weird. I wonder. Uh, there's. I wonder. If there's been a MythBusters or something about this because. Like, I just, I get, you know, Rick Emerson is totally open-minded. If someone, you know, if someone tells me it works or they can, like, explain why it would work, 
I'm totally open to believing that. I'm not George W. Bush. So if new evidence is presented, I will accept that. I might like it's weird. I wonder if that's been if there's been like a like a uh, if somebody's done some sort of an investigation or something like that. Because that makes you think like if you took your watch. Well, here's a question. So like if you took your watch and you just had like sitting next to a toaster for for a couple of days. Like I wonder if it would have the same effect because there's electricity going to the toaster and the, the elements heat up which is electricity that's metal and it's conducting some low level electricity so i wonder if it would have the same effect then or if it was like near a microwave because i think they bleed a little bit of electricity i don't think they're totally sealable i think there might be a little bit of an issue with direct current and alternating current oh now you're, now you're freaking me out now i don't even know something to that sort on uh i have some customers up on uh, mount Tabor where some of the radio antennas are uh the same kind of uh oven uh, has a hard time working up there. Uh, it will turn on by itself because of the uh, static noise from the towers are messing with the circuitry of the uh, oven. I do know the radio towers do weird things. Yeah. And everybody, RF. yeah, everybody who's worked in radio long enough has these stories about like you'll get. Well, I used to work at a station. It was a. Uh, um, when I say clear channel, it's not the company. It just means it was. And it was a very powerful station. Blah blah blah. But it was this station, one of the old three-letter stations, and just was so unbelievably powerful that the company eventually was paying people their moving expenses to get them out of the neighborhood because you'd get it you'd get the, the radio station in your doorbell mm-hmm. you'd get in anything metal that plugged into the wall basically you would get the radio station just filled the air all right thank you sir hey thank you goodbye thank you my friend <laughs> all right one oh i'm sorry go ahead oh i was just going to courthouse square with our old uh, the original wireless mics that we'd use in tv mm-hmm. whenever you'd shoot in pioneer courthouse square you'd pick up radio station yeah no it's um uh, let's see, this guy, uh, well, this is about something else. But, yeah, it's, uh, you always hear about people getting it in their fillings, and I think that might be an urban legend. I don't think that's true. You hear about, no, 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 people get the radio station in their teeth. I think those are crazy people. Because those right. are the people that used to show up in the lobby at KWJJ and said that Mike and Amy were sending them secret messages, which, mm-hmm. which you know, always, I so, de- and I never did it, I so desperately wanted to go into the audio vault and put secret messages in Mike and Amy's <laughs> imaging, and I never did. I didn't do it. But I always wanted to go to Mike and Amy in the morning, kill, you know, and just, <laughs> just just to see, like, what would happen. But then I figured what would happen is the guy would kill. And, like, I guess I could figure my way to the end of that equation pretty easily. Yeah. Let's do one more, and we'll take a break, and we'll uh, come back with some actual news. Hey, hi. is it me? Yeah, hello. Hi. Yes. Hey, Rick. Long time no see. Um, 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 the thing with the watches with me is I can wear any kind of watch except my favorite watch, which is a gift from my wife. Is it a shiny watch? Uh, it was an Accutron. They call them tuning fork watches. Okay. This is the smooth sweep hand dial. You know, it was like the first electric watches. And uh, they have this little uh, oscillator. And I thought it was broken for a long time because it kept running slow, and then it would just stop. And then we took it in. Hey, it's, it must be broken, but it wasn't. And my wife would wear it. It worked fine. They'd leave it on the counter. It worked fine. I'd put it on, and within 20 minutes, it would it would stop. It was really weird. And they say some people, uh, just with that watch, I can wear a mechanical watch or a digital watch, no problem. But this particular watch, you know, sentimental value, so I don't wear a watch anymore. Wait, so let me, so you were saying there's a mechanical watch, which is the kind of wind. Yeah. And it's a digital watch. Like, like your Casio, like what you're Well, so, well I mean, I guess a digital and analog probably didn't make it easy. I mean, there's probably just, you're talking either battery or winding. So there's the yeah. battery, there's the watch you put a battery in, there's a watch you wind. And then your thing was, what kind of, was yours though? Yeah, it's an Accutron tuning fork watches. They used to call them. Um, I, I think the, the like some astronauts used to wear them, and it would uh, it'd be like a smooth sweep hand dial. So it had a little oscillator, like a little tuning fork kind of thing. Uh-huh. 
And um, so it was an electromechanical watch. So what generated the power to run the watch? How it did it a, start? It was a battery. The sp- the, uh, uh, oh, I see. So it was, a, it was still a battery-operated yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was the weirdest thing. And, and uh, after I took it in, uh, a couple times they said, yeah. And they just kind of laughed and they said, yeah, some people just don't do that. And I've... I've heard it, and they said, yeah, that's really too bad. And uh, I wonder, now see, here's the question. So if anybody who says that they put on a watch and then the battery goes uh, dead or it goes wonky or whatever. No, the battery's fine. It wasn't the battery problem. It was actually the mechanics of the thing. You oh, so the watch it. itself just, yeah. you, you're saying the watch itself went weird. Yeah, it was, I was at night, it was, I was at work one night because I just couldn't figure it out because I, I just wear it anyway. And I saw it going, hey, this is losing, this is behind like 20 minutes. And then I can. Uh, my boss came over. We kept watching it, and the second hand is slowing down, and it just stops. And and she goes, "You're one of those people that." that uh, I said, "Yeah, but I don't have any problem with digital watches." She goes, "Yeah, but you know." And so I was all bummed, and so now it just sits in a in a case, and so now I I don't wear watches. You know, you're going to wake up one day, and the watch is going to be next to your bed, looking at you, <laughs> yeah, and then it's going to be choking you. I was going to say, and then a tree is going to come through the window. All right, thank you, sir. Yeah, okay, have a good one. All right, thank you, my friend. There you go. There's uh, that guy, and also if you do question, it does have a uh, a reaction, uh, it emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. No, it's true. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. Come back after this. Dave Schmidtke has the news. Uh, if you're on hold, hang on. We'll get more of your calls uh, around the corner. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, Jim Roop, as well as Mr. Skin and Morris. Stay there, ladies and gentlemen. Pay heed to Ronnie James Dio, the Rick Emerson Show. Thing. I mean, uh, do you want to hear this email from Scott Daly? Yes. About Left for Dead. I'm sorry, Scott, I don't mean to call you out in front of everybody, but there's just no, there's no other way around this. So we're talking about Left for Dead and how, uh, you know, Left for Dead is a, uh, it's not a massively multi, it's a multi-player online zombie. It's a first-person shooting game where you're shooting zombies, blah, blah, blah. But you go online and you can, like, you know, join up with your, with your peeps online and then be uh, killing zombies together. And so I guess it was, um... It's Aaron Duran, Scott Daly, our friend Dan uh, Clark, Lisa Wood uh, from KUFO is either part of it or is going to be part of it. Anyway, so they're emailing back and forth about last night's uh, zombie killing game, uh, Left for Dead on x Five Live. Scott Daly says, uh, awesome, Lisa. I got my, uh, I, I acquired my Left for Dead addiction the other day. My gamer tag is blank. Uh, looking forward to playing with you. And then he says, I was up till 1 a.m. last night playing Left for Dead. It's wicked bad. I had all my lights out and one candle burning. <laughs> so there you go. How romantic. Seriously. Like, and then wow. I, and then I had carnal relations with the slot of my Xbox. 
I mean, what is it? I had lights out and one candle burning. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it is. So does Lily play too, or is it just Scott? Um, I would imagine that's uh, just Scott. I would imagine at some point Scott's going to be told that he's not going to be staying up till 1 a.m. playing Left 4 Dead at some point. Look, it's funny because it's true. All right. <laughs> Might as well uh, enjoy it while you can, Scott. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm just, I'm just saying what everybody out there is looking at the keyboard and wondering whether to type or not. Uh, here's Dave Schmidt, ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Well, in Manatee County, Florida. In where? Manatee County. Manatee County, uh... Yeah. Okay, I know I lost. I just wanted to make sure it worked. Sometimes you don't think it even works. Well, I apologize for kind of... I just read out of the gate, you know. Yeah. I don't uh, normally start with a Florida story. That's fine. But I have to in this case because we've got a 15-year-old boy that sheriff's authorities say had been playing around with a loaded 9mm Ruger pistol while at a friend's house. The 17-year-old friend warned him of the danger and asked him to put the gun away. But the 15-year-old wanted to show his friend that the gun was safe by pointing it to the ground and pulling the trigger. The gun went off, and now the teen has a hole in his foot. (laughs) The boy's older brother started driving the injured boy towards the hospital. You should have made him walk. Yeah. I think that would have been good. Ass hat hop. Yeah, yeah. Look, this this thing here is safe, I swear. I mean, who doesn't bother? Your foot's right there. Yeah, you you could point. There's so many other places to point other than right at your foot. But you see what I mean? It's It's not like you're firing at a target that's 300 yards away, and you're not quite Your foot is... It's like it's like 18 inches from the gun. I yeah. mean, you could just look down and go, wait a minute, am I aiming this gun? That'll be the instruction on the back of the gun. Step one, are you aiming this at your foot? If so, move. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, damn. All right. Well, whatever. Anyway, so fortunately for the 15-year-old boy, EMS responded, took him to Manatee Memorial Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Did they say why there was a loaded gun just laying around the house? I mean, I don't know it's Florida and all, but still. Yeah, I don't know. You know, apparently that's the thing to do when you're going to be leaving the kids at home is just leave a loaded Ruger there. I mean, when you're, you know, I guess when you're in Florida, what does it matter? Your kids are probably going to be shot at some point anyway. So, I mean, really, I mean, it's just, you know, living in Florida, there's just, it, it seems like probably bullets whizzing by and, you know, the tasing's happening around the clock. So, they're either going to get it at home or out on the street. So, Pick you know, your poison. arm them all to the teeth. Uh, is uh, Dave Schmicky. Okay, across the pond, a German lawmaker proposed on Monday a novel and high-tech way of dealing with the menace of dog poo on the streets. DNA testing to identify the canine culprit and find its owner. That's right. Peter Stein, a conservative politician in eastern Germany, told AFP that under his proposal, officials would test the excrement and then match it up to the offending dog using a DNA database of all the pooches. Germans are weird. Well, yeah, and being full bored German, I couldn't agree with you That's more. the guy with the poo fetish. Not you, Dave, but that guy. That's a, that guy right there in that story? Yeah, that's a, Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I really don't have a poo fetish. <laughs> wow. I like taking apart owl pellets when I was younger. Oh, yeah, well, you find all the little oh, you find, like, skulls the little and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You have, like, little bones and whatnot yeah, in there. Yeah, that was really cool. That's mm-hmm. different. It's, but that's the, see, owl uh, leavings, those are different than dog leavings. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're... Yeah, dog leavings are gross. See, that's what I mean. It's like, there's, you know what it is? Here's the thing. And do I... Look, I'm just speaking scientifically here. Uh, this is a news talk radio station. This is a news discussion, and it's an issue, an issue of great sociological uh, import. So, uh, but am I right uh, when I say this? The level to which you are put off by animal leavings 
is in direct proportion to how similar it looks to human waste. Am I right? I mean, come on. That's mm. that's why dog waste is so gross to look because it, it seems because as a human, I, I think all creatures are uh, taught to disregard, you know, to get away from that because it's a toxin and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is an inborn thing in in humans. You just as an, again in all animals to avoid waste because it's because it's dangerous and bad for you. But so the more it uh, appears similar uh, to human uh, whatever, th- that's your off-put by because your brain is going, ooh, we should stay away from that. It looks like it might be toxic. Mm. Whereas like the owl thing that has like a little skull in it, but that's just cool. I mean, it's just and it, weird. But I mean, this is this is this is just like a freaky German guy that wants to examine uh, like a pile of, of of poo. I mean, that's just no. Oh yeah, look at this. He's <laughs> there good. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. That freaks me out. <laughs> anyway, German dog owners. But now here's the trick: they are fined thirty to forty euros, which is forty to fifty dollars, if they fail to clean up after their pets. Now that's just a very German thing, right there. I think uh, very few are caught. They do say. In fact, in this lawmaker's particular hometown of about two hundred thousand people, they only issued four citations. That's a good uh, do a lot of poo for only four citations. Yeah. Well, I don't know that there are 200,000 droppings of it exactly. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I have a question. Is uh, This is totally unrelated to poo uh, or mucus uh, or anything like that. I uh, Oh, don't ever forget to ask Sarah this video rodeo question. Um, so I have a question for nobody in particular. So what with the economy and all, how does that affect uh, like uh, the exchange rate to the euro? Because like when Laura and I went to London and uh, we went to London and Scotland last, was last year, two years ago, I don't remember now. I think it was last year. Maybe. Well, some that we went recently. We went over to uh, to Europe and we went to. Uh, uh, she was in Italy and someplace else and whatever. Uh, and I, we met up. We went to London and uh, and Scotland back to London. And of course, everything is like double. You know, yeah. you see, it's like ten pounds. You're like in your head, you go, that's oh, twenty dollars. So is it is it that way now? Like, is the because the economy is not it's not just America. Like everybody's sort of getting the, getting the suck right now. So mm-hmm. is that has that affected how much uh, buying power the dollar has in Europe? I don't know, my, my wife was in Ireland last summer, and it was still pretty steep. I mean, it was still, I think, the, the, unchanged from how you experienced it. I don't think it's changed. Because if everybody's economy is going, is sucking down. at the same rate, then yeah. then it, it's effectively unchanged, I yes. guess. So, all right. Well, okay, there you go. Not because I'm going to be going to Europe anytime soon or anything. I was just sort of curious about that. So, right. All right. Well, I've got a natural segue here in my dog poo story that's going to lead us right into today's Penis watch. Is this awful? Yes. Yes. It's it, it, it is a news story that we are offering here in terms of uh, I mean, really operating in the public interest, convenience, and necessity is what we do. Here's your. Well, it, I'm bracing myself here. Here's your penis watch. There's a moral today's penis watch. A jealous wife, a woman in India. Drugged her man with sleeping pills, served in a cup of tea after he came home from seeing his mistress. Then, while he slept, she chopped off his penis with a razor-sharp blade and threw it into the street where it was snapped up by a pack of stray dogs. That's a... The whole story? No, no, no. Just just that headline. You said 20 seconds. Yes, I know. I think that... Uh, we'll, we'll go back and we'll hit the highlights of the story. I think that headline might be one step too far. You think? I think that sounds like something other than what it is. Well, I just think it's interesting that conveniently enough outside this woman's house there's just a pack of wild straw- where is stray dogs. So where is it at? It is in uh, Mashana, India. Mashana, M-E-H-S-A-N-A, India. Mishana. You know what it is? It's it's just it's the second it's the second word in that headline that I think so it just it gives me pause. Hmm. No, and Sarah will tell you I'm like uh, I, I'm like. Well, I think wait. we should read the story though. No, well, 
We're going to read the story again. I'm Don't so... give me a mad look. I know. I no, understand no, no, it, it is an unpleasant phrase. I'm saying we're going to read. We are going to read the story again. I'm saying that, that headline. I, I heard it and I went. Mm. No, no. And then I just uh, I hit the button a couple times. No, that's uh, we'll read the story again. Boy, that's an unpleasant headline, though. I have to think about that. Hmm. I'll have to really ponder that headline. It, the fact that it's sort of, uh, you know what it is? It's like you got that little internal, uh, what do you call it, like a, like a little gyroscope or something that keeps you at the, your equilibrium. And the story was awful, but, you know, sort of whatever. And then I heard that headline, and the gyroscope kind of went, and I kind of went, oh, wow, really? I think, you know what it is? I think it's because uh, I think it's because that uh, that verb in the headline, and I realize now we're talking about the headline of people in here, but the verb in that headline, I think I hear in... Uh, Different contexts with relating to the same area of the body sometimes. I think it was just, uh, that's just off putting. Oh, but on a different gender? You know what I'm saying. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, let's read the story again, okay. Sans headline. Sure, sure. Wow. A jealous wife sliced off her cheating hubby's manhood with a kitchen knife and threw it to the dogs. In Mahsana, India, a woman drugged her man with sleeping pills, served in a cup of tea, and came home after he came home from seeing his mistress. Mistress. Now I can't even read. <laughs> While he slept, she chopped off his penis with a razor-sharp blade and threw it into the street where it was quickly snapped up by a pack of stray dogs. That is such a bad way to end that story. I mean, imagine being the guy. But, and, and he's right. Imagine living in a society where there are just packs of crazy stray dogs yeah. outside your window. I guess I hadn't even really stopped to think about that because I was so fixated on the on, on the actual what happened to his member. I mean, think about it. It's like, well, honey, I'm off to the store. If I make it back alive from the wild pack of stray dogs. Seriously, what? Where is this at? India. India. Oh uh, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's either that you have a pack of wild stray cows, you know, or, or children. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I mean, yeah, you know. It, it, Wow. All right, but I mean, I'm just trying to fathom. It's like the layers and layers and layers of bad, right? Mm-hmm. Comes home from his mistress. Wife says, hey, "You there? You've been with another woman?" He says, "No." Big argument. That sucks. Huge argument. Huge fight. She accuses him. He denies. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. Big whatever. Then she drugs him, and it's not like you fall asleep immediately. That must be things like oh, I've been drugged. Ah, oh, crap. I hope she doesn't come. And then, you know, and then she's falling asleep. So that's like the second layer of bad. Then, like, the removal of his manhood with a razor-sharp blade, that is, that's the third layer of bad. And one would think you're like, well, that's it. this day can't get any worse for me. <laughs> oh, she's throwing it out the window. Okay, oh, oh, no. And then you look out, and there's a pack of wild dogs that suddenly appear and run away with it. Not even like a kid that you could chase. You can't chase a pack of wild dogs. Plus... Probably it's probably all over the place by now. I mean, they probably take it. They probably divvied it up among themselves, well, like you, they do. You envision that scene in the the movie A Christmas Story with the Bumpus's dogs yes. grabbing the turkey and exactly. picking off out the door. Oh yeah. And you know, you know what it is? It's like that. Um, is it like a Naked Gun where the guy falls off the roof and he lands in the street and they're like, he, but he's not dead. And they're like, no, 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 I think he's okay. And then like the steamroller comes by. Oh yeah. And then like the march band comes by. And then like the street paving thing comes by. <laughs> And then, like it, like a car drives, and like an airplane lands on it, and then a safe falls on it, and they're like, "Well, I think he's probably dead by now." And then the street just blows up. That's kind of what this yeah. was with this guy. So, and by the way, it is. I think it is probably just my filthy mind that when I heard that headline, immediately was thinking something else. I it was that a, is pretty filthy. Yeah, I thought it was a moral compass or something. No. It scared me. You know, <laughs> it scared you. I'm afraid. I don't even feel like I know you. Yeah. Sarah, hold me. He's scaring me now. 
It's like there's that, uh, there's that, uh, it's like there's those candies, uh, that I, that I quite like. There's that snack food I like, and there's two different versions. There's, um, there's Crunch and Munch, and there's Poppycock, and they're both basically the same thing. Uh, you know, there's sort of popcorn with uh, caramel and uh, peanuts and toffee and so forth. Mm-hmm. One is Crunch and Munch. You don't want to mix them together. Yeah, you I don't really want to mince, you, you don't want to mix your Crunch and Munch with your Poppycock. Because that, um, that ends poorly. Yeah. Thus endeth the lesson. There you go. That's uh, your penis. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Oh, wow. Life. Okay. <laughs> it's a little ah at the end of the uh, the <laughs> intro there. Wow. All right. Here's Dave Schmicky, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, a little closer to home in LaGrande, Oregon. A play banned from LaGrande High School will instead be done at Eastern Oregon University after the president said she had no choice but to allow a student group to rent space for the performance. Does it say banned in LaGrande? Mm. If not, that's how they ought to... Uh, where are they doing it in? Bend? Uh, yeah. You're going to be... Uh, Seriously? You yeah. kids out there? Is it a high school play? In high school play. Okay, the kids, really, you're marketing. If you're not already thinking of it, it ought to just say in big letters, Band in the Grand. Probably just about everything is, I would imagine. Well, isn't the Grand where they, uh, oh, no. the Grand is. Bend is where they got rid of the mayor because she posed all sexy in a bikini. Oh, no, that was Arlington. Was it Arlington? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Grand is actually in Washington, I believe, or maybe in Oregon. Mm -hmm. The Grand is that place that everybody in the audience knows, the Grand, uh, because that's where I got lost. First time, when my wife and I first moved here. I have a terrible sense of direction, and I'm from, you know, I'm from the Northwest. I'm from Kennewick and spent a lot of time in Portland growing up, but I still have no sense of direction. My wife and I just moved here. We've been here about two months, so she didn't know it at all, and I, I'm terrible. So we tried to drive home to Kennewick for Christmas, and I ended up in Grand somehow, and we ended up staying in a hotel in Grand overnight because it was all snowed in, and the only amusing thing about that is it turns out that the night before, Snoop Dogg and his entourage had gotten snowed in, and they'd stayed in the same hotel. In Grand. In Grand, It was like Snoop and his entourage. Oh, isn't Grand like, down that way on I-84? Maybe. Dave? It, it's it's uh, outside of Bend. Um, so it's Central Oregon? Yeah, I was trying to get to Kennewick. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, good job there. But I guess there had been some hideous <laughs> snowstorm, and Snoop and his entourage, their bus, they were like, we, they were like, they didn't feel it was safe to drive. So they're like, you know, well, where are we going to stay? Well, I don't know. Let's just go to the next hotel. So their bus just pulls off the road to the next hotel, and they're like, we're going to wait here until the snow is over. And Snoop and his, his, his people all stayed for like a day. And I asked the guy, I'm like, what was he like? And he goes, he was fantastic. He, he just, he needed some change for the laundry. And that was about it. And then I went by and he was folding towels. And it was like <laughs> the weirdest thing. Uh, but I got stuck in Legrand thinking it was kind of like it's a bad thing. Anyway, so Legrand, the play, band. All right. <laughs> I forgot what I was reading. Far out, man. Uh, the Legrand School District Superintendent got a complaint from a parent and a petition signed by 137 people banned the play, which has, and here's what got it banned, References to sex and drinking. I don't believe what I'm hearing. No. Dun, dun, dun. What is the actual play? It is called... Oh, let's see if I can find the name. Uh, it's called... It, it's actually written by Steve Martin. Picasso at the Lapin Agile. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, it features the characters of Albert Einstein and Pablo Picasso meeting in a Paris bar in 1904 as both were on the verge of breakthrough work. It deals with themes of artistry, genius, and the nature of the 20th century. That sounds interesting. 
Well, well apparently not in LeGrand. No, that's not going to fly in that town. There's sex and drinking in it. Oh, no. You know, Steve Martin has got he's, he's got kind of an interesting second career going. Yeah, he like, does. You know, like Bill Murray has that second career of playing, you know, the sort of the serious kind of troubled midlife guys like Lost in Translation mm-hmm. or Rushmore or whatever, or like Bunny uh, Yeager in, um, in, in Ed Wood. And then Steve Martin has got like he wrote... Not Shop Girl. Or it was Shop Girl. It's not Shopaholic. I'm confusing the two of them. Yeah, yeah, Shop Girl. Girl. And he's written a play? Yeah, and he wrote a play, and then he wrote something else. And he keeps and... doing those damn Pink Panther movies. Yeah, well, I guess. Oh, God. Mm. Well, you see, there's Brother a mortgage eat. payment. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he needs a new swimming pool. Yeah. At a certain point, oh, you just start... Yeah, it's, but they're terrible, but I, here's the reason... I, here's why I don't hold that against Steve Martin. I was thinking about this the other day, because I was at the movies, and they were playing... It was one of those, please silence your cell phone things, but it was done... But it was like Clouseau doing it, you know, it was him as Clouseau. And I love those Pink Panther movies uh, with Peter Sellers. I love them. They're comedic genius. I mean, they're dated, but they're just hilarious. They're some of the best physical comedy you'll ever see. And um, But I was thinking about Steve Martin, and I thought, well, here's why I don't care. It's a no-lose thing, because, like, he's making the money, mm-hmm. uh, which allows him to do these little arty projects or whatever and lets him pay for his car and his, you know, his swimming pool and his mansion and whatever, which is fine. Uh, he certainly earned that. And plus... It's not like he's going to lose credibility with me because it's like he doesn't have anything to prove. Like he's a genius. Steve Martin has totally earned his bones, as they say. He's a, everybody knows Steve Martin is just is brilliant. So, and also the people that care about Steve Martin's integrity, and and the original Pink Panther movies, like are never going to see that thing anyway. Yeah. So my extent, the extent of my knowledge when it comes to Peter, uh, when it comes to uh, Steve Martin and Pink Panther, is that I know it exists. That's it. You're not being forced to watch. No, it. I'm never going to watch it. And no one who really loves Steve Martin or the Pink Panther movies will ever watch any of those remakes. So mm-hmm. it's like no harm, no foul. Like it almost like I see the trailer, and that's kind of bad. But like from then, it's like you know what it, it's like driving by. Uh, you know what it is? It's like stepping over a manhole that you didn't fall down. And you go, well, hey, there was a manhole. I almost fell down that. Well, I guess not. And then you go about your day. So I, I don't really mind it at all because they're out there. But I'm never, ever, ever going to see them. Not even accidentally. So I, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. All right. But he wrote this play that has the sexing in it. Yes, sex and drinking. Oh, sex and drinking. And uh, originally, the president of Eastern Oregon University was not going to allow the group to even perform it at the university, not to mention the high school. It's already been banned. But uh, university president Dixie Lund uh, did change her mind and uh, decided that basically had no legal way to dissuade the group from renting their facilities. And it has sex, and her name is Dixie. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm just checking. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to uncork the whole thing about when I was a boy. We did all kinds of plays about whatever. But I mean, kind of high school must just be a terrible place to be at this point in time. High school in 2009 must just suck. It must well, especially suck. Especially with the internets and everything. Like, I'm really glad that I'm not in high school. All you had was a slam book, Sarah. You probably didn't have a slam book. No. Uh, and neither did I. That's the thing I think only exists in movies. passing. Yeah, it was a whole lot. Sarah smells, don't you think? Yes, I do. Pass it on. Well, whatever. I mean, I don't know. You said that people were mean to you in high school. I don't know what they. I don't know how they were mean to you. Oh no, because it was always the new girl, and I was like, you know, little blonde girl, and girls would be like, oh, she's like, even when I was a virgin, they'd be like, oh, she's such a slutter. Because she's blonde. Yeah, because I'm new and I don't know anybody, and yeah, already humped the football team. Because she's blonde, and we didn't. She wasn't in her kindergarten uh, class, therefore she's a whore. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's. I'm just like how everyone judged this girl Tamiko when I was in fifth grade because she was the first one who got boobs, and therefore called her, and therefore was promiscuous. No, we totally had that girl. Uh, I totally remember her name too, and she was like totally no, no, no. I remember her. I remember her full name too. Yeah, and it's like you wonder like. Like, that's got to, that sucks. I mean, that's just that's no fun. Well, we were talking the other day about um, high school urban legend. I forget exactly why. Why well, We were talking about some probably some teacher humping story, but we were talking about high school urban legends and how when you're, uh, when you're a kid in high, well, even in high school, like you just pass along 
stories that you hear about your about your your fellow students, not because you're trying to be malicious, but it's like I'm not saying kids are dumb, but it's like the urban legend thing, like sorting out myth from reality and fact from fiction. That's a thing you only learn through trial and error. You know what I mean? It's like being a wine taster. Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody just hands you your first glass of wine and they go, "What's this? Well, you just, you don't know. You got to taste a thousand glasses of wine a thousand times before you can tell the difference." And it's the same thing with discerning, like myth from reality and, and fiction from fact. You got to like you got to weed through a lot of fake stories and real stories to start to be able to smell the difference. But in high school, you don't really know. So you hear something that seems vaguely plausible. And you're not trying to be a jerk sometimes. You just, you just don't know any better. So you pass it along. Hey, so-and-so, blah, 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 because it sounds like it's probably true. And I won't uh, – I'll just say there was a girl. There was this one girl that we went to high school with. And every, and it's one of those things, too, where you know – like, look, I've been out of high school. Uh, this will be my 15th year. My 15-year uh, reunion, I guess, would be this year, um, to which I will not be going. But uh, my 15-year high school reunion. But I will guarantee you, if you were to suddenly get in a room – uh, it, all all the people I went to school with, and you and you told them this story, they could fill in the blank. They could tell you exactly what girl this is, first and last name. There was a girl we went to high school with, and it was just known. And that's how these stories always are. Like, no one's ever seen it. No one ever was there, like a friend of a friend or a guy you knew. It's just like, no, no one ever has any evidence. It's just understood. It's just a fact. It's just a thing you assume to be true, like the sun rising in the east, and there will always be in England. It was known that there was this girl who kept a list tacked to the back of her bedroom door of all the guys uh, she humped. And, like, which is just, like, on the face of it, like, right there, the story falls apart. Like, mm-hmm. that's just stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but the story was, like, on the back of her bedroom door, uh, like, the, the sun facing in. That She just kept this list, presumably on a scroll, like, biblical style, that was, like, burnt around the edges and had, like, parchment and had, like, a huge, like, was all done with, like, a big calligraphy L at the beginning or something hung on the back of her door, and every time she'd uh, get it on with some guy, she would just put his name on the list. Now, that's sort of unbelievable on a lot of levels, like, already. Not that there aren't people who, you know, I guess do such things or whatever, like, mentally, if not otherwise. But also, the thing we always heard, and keep in mind, we were, like, a sophomores or something. We're only, you know, 15. And it's 300 names, dude. That was the figure we always heard. It was not, like, 200, not 500. It was 300. It was 300 names. And the weird thing is... We were seniors, still 300 names, and we never put the, put it together that that didn't make any sense either. Like, why would it still be? Why the would you have humped? Are stupid and cruel. Seriously, why would you have humped 300 <laughs> no, guys by the I time you're a sophomore by a senior? Maybe you slacked off a bit, or maybe you wanted to take stop down and get some lunch and a rest. So, but it just like we never, we never really thought about it, and so we would just mindlessly pass it along. No, no, no. She's humped 300 guys on the list at the back of her door. I knew a dude who saw it. You know, there was no dude. Nobody saw the. There is no list. So you just think about that girl though, and. Her best friend, this girl's best friend, was the girl who got the uh, bosoms, like, very early. And so, of course, she's a tramp. Why? Because you're an idiot guy who doesn't know any better, and uh, or a mean girl who doesn't know any better. So, I remember Jesus. the worst, I can't say it on the air, but I remember the worst rumor about this girl. Can you be uh, circumspect? Okay, I, this is when I was, like, in seventh grade. Nick Carey followed her, at least, like, when I went to school there. And... No, I don't think I can. Do you want to tell me off the air? Yeah, and then help me word it on the other side. All right, side. we'll take a break here. Take a break. Come back more with uh, Dave Schmidtke coming up later on. Uh, Dave Schmidtke will talk about why ODOT owes him some auto detailing. That's right. See. Jim Roop will join us from CNN Radio Los Angeles. High Concept Wednesday and more, plus Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere.
man meets a man named Fan with a fan as he wrestles to get out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fan was beaten with a fan. What is going on in this news story? Well, a shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs for the oscillating fan. Fan like ham? Right. Okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and Fan. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay. Uh, I love that. Me too. Can I tell you, and I was actually giggling just now, but the first time I heard that, I nearly lost control of myself. Because I had no idea what to expect. I just sent me the link. Uh, what's it? Calvin sent me the link. He's like, hey, I made this. Check it out. No warning. No idea what it was going to be. Uh, as soon as, when, when he does that whole, like, you know, jump back for a minute. An oscillating fan. It goes back to I just lost my, my S. All right. So, Sarah, just now during the break. Well, let me back up for a second. An oscillating fan. No. Uh, just uh, before, the, before the break, uh, we were talking about... Uh, High school urban legends and uh, about uh, often about women, uh, cruel legends that get passed from student to student. You know, in Chasing Amy, she talks about that, too. She's like, I'm the queen of, of high school urban legend, you know, and she talks about uh, all the stories about uh, about her and the, uh, you know, the, the Alyssa Jones and all the, you know, like whatever the sexual uh, nonsense. Um, so Sarah's talking about an urban legend uh, that uh, was passed around the school about a specific girl. And you didn't know. Well, we didn't say her first name. Well, you can say her first right, name. Yeah, I, I would. Julie. All right. Yeah, I don't Julie. I say what school? Because I went to many schools. So. Slut. Uh, <laughs> the you were saying that you didn't really know um, how you could discuss that story in the air. So I will. Uh, I'll say this. There was a. Well, in fact, you know who it was. It was the. You remember, I was telling the story about the girl that had allegedly humped the guys, and then how her best friend was the girl who first got her bosoms. Mm-hmm. The her the bosom girl. We heard a variation on the story you told me in the hallway, Sarah, except it was an electric toothbrush, which makes, like, no sense at all. Also, Oh, God. Like, which I guess maybe makes some sense now that I think about it. I mean, in some weird way. Yeah. Also one of those, uh, also one of those souvenir baseball bats, like you get at the uh, Mariners games, allegedly. But a wooden spoon is just weirder. A wooden, like a salad spoon? Like a wooden spoon. An oscillating fan? <laughs> it's a wooden spoon. Like, like a food spoon. Like you a eat with. like a big ass wooden spoon. Like the kind you stir spaghetti with. So the story goes. Hmm. Interesting. Well, all right. Creative. Uh, I suppose. Well. I don't really know how <laughs> how much we can talk about that. I don't know. It was I'm weird. Just saying, it was confusing because I had no idea what that meant. I like spaghetti, sir. Yeah. Brother got to eat. All right. Uh. I'm sorry to everybody about everything. Here's Dave Schmicky, ladies and gentlemen. 
A Seattle man who admitted to raping two women at Myrtle Edwards Park was sentenced to 20 years in prison Friday. That's an unpleasant segue. Well, you know, it is. It is. And, it, again, they kind of buried the lead on this one a little bit. Earlier this year... Did they say it was about puppies? <laughs> Story about rainbows and puppies also raping. <laughs> yes, exactly. How'd you know you're psychic? Jesus. All right. But he got sentenced to what? Yeah, 20 years in prison. And, see, here's the thing. Um, at his trial, um, Angel Hernandez begged the judge that he be executed instead of serving time in prison because he was afraid he would get raped. Well, maybe uh, maybe the next time you decide to go out for an evening's amusement, uh, go to a movie or something instead, Angel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, whatever. I, uh, seriously, I... I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, as we were saying, you know, the violence against anybody is wrong. And, you know, and really to be, I mean, not to make light of it, and violence, violence in prison is no better than violence anywhere else. I mean, no, you know, nobody ought to spend their days getting pounded on. But that's, there's a difference between, between knowing, uh, be, there's a difference between acknowledging that violence is wrong. And again, you know, if you're, I mean, look, I mean, the prisons are full of people who probably don't deserve anything bad. You get all kinds of uh, nonviolent offenders and drug offenders and people who really ought to be out free who shouldn't be in prison anyway. So... Violence in prison is is not a joke, and I mean just because you're in jail doesn't mean you, you need to get the you know you need to get the, the tar beaten out of you somehow or whatever. So that being said, knowing that violence in prison is wrong and agreeing that prison violence is wrong is not the same thing as me caring about this guy because I just find it. Wait, no, trying to care, no, don't care. Mm. So I suppose it's wrong. I would be lying if I said I was going to think about it anymore after this hour. In fact, when this uh, story is done, I'm not going to think. What's his name? Angel Hernandez. Yes. Not going to think about him anymore. So, and really, if your whole claim is like you got to kill me so I don't go to jail. Figure that out yourself. I mean, how hard can it be? I mean, you got shoelaces, probably. Shoelaces and a doorknob. What else do you need? I mean, yeah, you're so. being a be, being American, Angel Hernandez. <laughs> you're not an American. Being an American, uh, you know, do or do not. Try not. Well, yeah. to, to quote Angel and then to let it go is, I want to pay for the act of cowardice. I admit it, but I just don't want to be raped. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't rape other people. Then he, he speaks for all of us, Dave Schmicky. Mm. I also do not wish to be raped, just for the record, like in case anybody is sort of, you know, like keeping score out there, like, you know, just uh, keep keeping track. Here's Dave Schmicky, ladies and gentlemen, on KCMD Portland. I think it's time for our religious nutcase watch. Is it ever? Here's your religious nutcase watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Well... You've heard of kosher salt? Oh, well, well, let's roll through. I don't want to step on the striper, Dave. Yeah. The dulcet tones of Michael Sweet. There. Yeah, big finish here. Isn't that worth it right there? That was, I hadn't heard that bed before. But oh, that, it's I'm, fantastic. I oh, the clothes are better. even better. I'm, oh, really? Mm -hmm. That is 80s metal, uh, Christian metal band Striper, uh, who suck, by the way. Uh, and <laughs> I have no illusions about that uh, it, it being edited down there for the religious nutcase intro. All right, here's Dave Schmicky. Well, you've heard of kosher salt, right? Now there's a Christian variety. Retired barber Joe Goodisky. I've heard of coach assault. Kosher salt. Kosher salt, oh, sorry. okay. Because in front of the Oregonian today, there is, in fact, coach assault. And oh. so, all right. Coach assault. There's coach assault. assault. Okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of right. Yeah, that's close, isn't it? All right. Well, now there is a Christian variety of salt. Retired barber Joe Godowski says he was inspired by television chefs who repeatedly recommended kosher salt in recipes. I said, I'll try to get the accent right here, what the heck's the matter with Christian salt? Godowski said, sipping a beer in the living room of his unincorporated Cressup Town a Western Maryland mountain community. Surprise to no one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mountain community. Is that yeah. what they call that now? That's a 
polite way of... Yeah, we used to call that the sticks. Uh, That's what we used to call that. Picktown. By next week, his trademark Blessed Christian Salt will be available on his website. (sighs) Yeah. It's sea salt that's been blessed by an Episcopal priest. Well, whatever. I mean, look. As I said, everybody believes their own brand of whatever. If you can make money on it, I guess go go with God, as they used to say. Go go ahead and if you look, uh, uh, here's the thing: we had those guys on that make bacon salt, and then now they make bacon mayonnaise, and they make bacon mm-hmm. lip balm, and they're making something else. Bacon, what is it? Ba- bacon salt, bacon mayonnaise, bacon lip balm, and they're making something else. I mean, it's just fantastic, by the way. It's it's really wonderful. So, if you can find a guy to buy your bacon salt. God bless you. It's it's a, it's a capitalist country, uh, sort of. So you know, have at it. If you can find uh, some a nitwit that's going to give you like ten bucks for some Christian, like Jesus salt, you know what? It, you have you have my best wishes. So go forth and fleece the flock, sir. You know, my uh, my wife threw me a birthday party one year, and the whole the whole theme people brought food. It all had to have bacon in it. Yeah. The bacon theme. Yeah. Mm. One look at me tells you that I probably do have an affinity for bacon. Can I tell you what I had yesterday? I had Don Taylor was here, our friend Don Taylor from Film.com, and she's also a confectionist. Uh, she and her husband have a company, Polidori Chocolates, and they make it's like off the charts good. And I'm not uh, that's I don't say that just because she she's a friend of ours. Or I'm not being paid to say that. Polidori Chocolates, uh, Polidori with an I at the end. It's just it is amazing. It's so freaking good. Uh, she made some uh, truffles, uh, Valentine's Day truffles. My you know my wife. And uh, and the uh, Lara took one bite. They were two different kinds. They were called uh, two varieties, Lust and Swoon. They were Valentine's Day specials, and they had all of these like these like like ingredients that like I sort of recognize from food shows, but I don't know what they are. Like something something reduction, and something something blah blah. You know, and, like a lot of accent marks over the ingredients, mm-hmm. and so like. My wife took one bite, though, and it was like she'd achieved, like, nirvana. It was like she had transcended and become, you know, gone to the next level of, of existence, you know. It was apparently just the best things ever. But um, what was my point here? Oh, so she is making – well, I shouldn't give it away, but she's making a special one-time-only confection that she's going to sell later on this year for a uh, – we'll call it an unconventional holiday. But she's going to be selling this special one-off confection, and she's sort of – workshopping it right now. She's trying to work on it. One of the ingredients, though, I'll say this, is candied bacon. Mm. And so she... And I don't... Here's the thing, and I'm not really into the bacon truffle thing. Like, the bacon and chocolate thing is a... It's an interesting idea. It doesn't really work for me. Uh, you know, I like chocolate, sort of. I like bacon a lot. It doesn't really work, the chocolate bacon. But she had some candied bacon, which is just what it sounds like. It's like bacon. Wow. It's like honey-glazed ham. It's like crisp, honey-glazed bacon. with like it, But it's like... And the honey-glaze is like... It's very, it's very crisp. It's very crunchy. So it is like a thin sheen of candy, clear candy coating over pieces of bacon. It was unbelievably good. Wow. But it's like you eat it and you can hear your heart going like. I was just going to say. All right. If we're really going to do this, hold on. And like trying to like, you know, blood out, blood in, blood in. God damn it. Blood out, blood in. You know, just uh, it's just. Yeah. But it's wow. It's uh, it's good. It's uh, it's hella good. It's dangerously good. So anyway. Sounds really good. Uh, there's your religious. Are we done with that? Yes, we are. Do you have a, There's one more too. Do you have the crucifix beating story? What? I don't. I know. I haven't hmm. seen that one yet. Crucifix beating. God Almighty. Um, a yeah, crucifix beating. Well, you know, story. And actually, while you're doing that, I I was listening to the show yesterday when you were talking with Don, mm-hmm. and and you actually um kind of made me think of something I wanted to bring in, which was I brought it in. I was thinking of your conversation that you were having yesterday. Dave Mickey is uh, taking a big bag. Yeah. Uh, Opening the bag. All right. And. <laughs> is that a nose kettle? Oh, God. 
It's the nitty pot. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sarah, you know. It's been in it. Dave's nose. How can yeah. you not use it? Nose if you're lucky. Uh, the, wow. <laughs> uh, so the... Uh, that's it? That's so it. Of, so instead of like falling ass over tea kettle, it might just be an ass tea kettle. You know, right. Right, like that, right in the old nose. See, that's, that's big. How would you ever get that in your nose? Your nostrils? Have you seen my nose? Well, you've got large nostrils, but I would say that... Well, you don't want to shove it all the way up in there. No, Sarah, that you don't want to do that. Uh huh. It's been in your nose. How'd you clean it? The oh, dishwasher? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. All right. Well, I, fair enough. But that's what they look like. You were talking about one yesterday, and I thought, well, you should at least see what they look like if you haven't seen them already. And so it basically, well, it, it looks like a little tiny china teapot. It's kind of cute. I mean, it look, you look, you know what it is? Like a little, uh, like a little uh, china thing you'd pour cream out of for your coffee. And you know what's what's weird about it? I mean, when you first use one of these things, it is a little scary. Because you your gag reflex. Because you're simulating drowning. Yes, that that part too. <laughs> Waterboarding. Thing. Well, that's what Dante's like. Why waterboard myself in a sink? So. Well, I remember you talking about the you would rather do colon cleansing than use an eddy pot. in the front of my face. She's done know, colon like, cleansing. I've done it. Oh yeah. That's, Which I mean, it was uncomfortable, but you know, but I feel like I was getting like I don't know. It's just something about shoving water in my nose. I think. I've had water in my nose, you know, before, and I've just mm-hmm. always apple associated with unpleasantness. Well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, that's an instinctive thing, too. But you, you get water in your nose, your body's like, don't want to drown, <laughs> you know, and you start to freak out about it, because, again, mm-hmm. it's a survival instinct. Whereas the colon cleansing is just weird. That is a weird thing, but, I mean, you know, whatever. It's not like you're going to die from it, probably, unless they turn on the hose, uh, you know, at the wrong speed or something. So it's not... And that's th- just, like, a really tiny little thing, too. Like, like a water just- pick. Yeah, and this that seems like a big huge. gushing thing. I will say this: that uh, the 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 nose teapot there, mm-hmm. that is actually larger than the thing they use for the colon cleansing. So for really, worth. but I mean that's, but see, what it look like it would spill out though. It looks like it wouldn't even like it would. Uh, I don't even know how it. So would you work. fill that thing full of water and pour all of it in there? Uh, you know, oh. it just goes you know goes in one nostril and out the other. So you know. that's great. <laughs> uh, somebody, by the way, has sent me some YouTube's. Uh, of the of the the nose kettle thing being used. Uh, this one says, Rick, here are two uh, videos of the nose kettle. The first one is short and sweet. The second one uses a soundtrack, the Ween song, Help Me Scrape the Mucus Off My Brain. Thank you. All right. I'm going to watch one right now live, and then we'll get these calls. Hold on. I'm going to watch this video of this is the nose uh, tea kettle. Yeah, my head, it really is hurting, though, like right there. I mean, oh. you know, I, I've had sinus surgery. I've had sinus infections all my life. And this, if you use it consistently with a little bit of salt in it, speaking of salt, um, kosher salt preferably, <laughs> not Christian salt, and um, it, it can help. It's a maintenance thing. See, the thing is, like this, whether she uses it or not or anybody does or not, I mean, like this at least, though, doesn't seem like hippie claptrap because it's just like, you know, it's like putting water, it's like hosing out the tunnel. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, like you got to... This is like at a certain point, like, uh, you know, it's like a, um, what is it like? It's like, uh, you know, it's like if you're like if you're using like a turkey baster or something, like you don't want that grease to get in there. So what do you have to do? You take off the little bulb and you go, and you spray it out and then you're done. So, I mean, that's, that's sort of what this seems like. Wait, hold on. Somebody is showing me the, um, okay, I'm watching this neti pot video, the nose tea kettle. Well, it doesn't seem to. Oh, that's too bad. All right, wait, here we go. Guy's pouring it in. Yeah, you see, it just comes right out. Well, that's the... just weird. Okay, I want to see it. It doesn't even look painful. It just looks strange. I mean, on the one hand, it looks exactly like what I thought it would look like. But on the other hand, it doesn't look anything like what I thought it would look like. It's just sort of strange. All right, are you watching? Yeah. It's a nine-second video, and then we'll be done, and we'll take some calls and so forth. So here's a guy using the nose kettle. It's only nine seconds long, and nothing gross happens. Okay. There's no, like, mucus or anything. So, pouring it in, and there we go. Oh. 
She's eating her hair. While Literally, she's he, he's just pouring it in one nostril, and then it's just pouring right out the other nostril, and then he's done. That's weird. It just looks odd. Well, well, it does look weird, and it feels a little weird, too. Well, the thing about Sarah that we've determined, though, is, like, the thing about the colon cleansing is everybody's sort of zen with the fact, like, you know that you're, like, your stomach is, you know, you got a bunch of stuff, yeah. Well, and that you got a bunch of, like, uh, not that you're empty inside, but you know what I mean? Like, you've got uh, openings and whatever, like, your stomach is, you know, like a big bag, basically, that holds crap and whatever, but, uh, but, but it's the thing, like, you think of your head as being solid. Like, you've yeah. got a nose, and I guess you know instinctively that you're breathing through something. But Sarah's weirded out, I think, by the idea that her head has big, like, caves inside of it. Yeah, it has, like, big holes in it. Like, there's a big hole right there. You know, the weird thing about this is, is that, like, uh, this means, like, here's a weird thing. This, nah, I don't want to say it, because it, it'll creep you out. Okay, thank you. I had an observation I was going to make, but I won't, because uh, mm-hmm. that's, because I don't want to make you feel I appreciate weird. it. All right. Well, I think some people use these because they don't want to take the antibiotics that mess up their stomach. and. Well, a lot of these things are, like, people who don't have health care, too. Uh, you know, that's like, and I'm not trying to make fun of it, I'm just saying, like, a lot of you don't have health care, I'm like, you well, got to find I a different, Well, I feel like I you know. should do it, because I am lucky enough to have health care, and I feel like, you know, I have antibiotics, but lots of people don't. Well, I, I'm not, I mean, it's, I, I'm, I have no investment in whether you, whether you do it. I mean, it's like a weird thing, but I, but you know, here, the, I will say this, the people that we know that do it, like Tim, uh, Riley did it, uh, Dawn Taylor, and none of them, I mean, they're not crazy, I mean, not like in this way, anyway, I mean, it's like, the people we know who do it, it's not like they're a bunch of, like, you know, they're not like they're a bunch of hippie freaks who are like, and then you snap your fingers three times and invoke <laughs> the earth goddess Gaia, you know, or, you know, just like, you know, why don't you uh, just eat one, you know, I, in, <laughs> instead, why don't you invoke the uh, the goddess of uh, eat one? The um, like the people we know who do this aren't nutty. So I would say for whatever it's worth, that carries some weight that the people we know that do the nose cuddling thing are not like, they're not whack jobs, at least. All right, well, let's get some of these calls and then we'll take a break and we'll come back with more uh, news. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Hey, Rick, this is Kelly. All right, sir. Hey, I thought I'd give you two things. I thought I'd give you an update on the, the Hong Pham incident. Oh, the Pham. oscillating fan guy, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of the victims. Remember I called and told you the whole story? Yes, yes, you did. What, yeah, after being set over about five times each month, um, he finally plea bargained and uh, what was it 12 and a half years is what he got, and so, then five years probation afterwards. So the fan years. guy, 12 and a half yeah. years. For three attempt murders. Well, <laughs> and he's got to pay restitution to our PT Cruiser. <laughs> ex- excellent. So he'll earn a dollar a day. I guess we'll collect that somehow. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 you yeah. won't. No, you'll collect yeah, anger, I though. I would imagine you'll collect a sense of righteous outrage and uh, yeah, an ulcer. Yeah. Hey, uh, as far as sinuses and stuff, my dad used to do something. I finally tried it. And he'd take, you know, about 90-degree salt water and just drink it through the nose. Drink know, it like through you, the nose. Yep, exactly. Drink it right through the nose. Because... If you just put it up one nostril and come back down, it doesn't get up into your sinus cavity. Well, it's got to go. It's got to go in. It's got to go into one nostril and make the whole root, and then come out yeah. the other nostril. Or yeah, or otherwise, yeah. otherwise yeah, that's like you know, anything. yeah, it's like you're it's like you're just uh, climbing up a ladder and then sliding down again. Yeah, you got to yeah. go out the other side. But my dad showed me, and he learned it from somebody. And it's just like body temperature salt water, so it doesn't hurt or anything, and you yeah. can chug it through your nose and. Let it come down, swallow it. Yeah, I mean, there's like some. I mean, there's like some some weird uh, like like natural remedies that are obviously just like insane yes. gibberish. But like this is again, it's like you know, like if you got the like if you got some gunk on your hand, you wash your hands. So if you yeah. got gunk in your nose, maybe wash it out. But you know what? Wash different it. different strokes for different folks. All right, thank yeah. you, sir. Thanks. Thank you. You know the other thing, Sarah, that would be kind of a, a an alternative to this, and it's a lot less threatening, but it still works real well. Is, I mean, maybe you've done this steaming. You pack your nose full of termites. <laughs> Yeah, I've done steaming before. I haven't done it this time around, though. Okay, because that helps. That helps me when I, you know you get the infection. That you know you have to do it. 
I'm just afraid that I'll put some in and like it's all stopped up in there and it won't be able to go. It'll stay inside. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then it'll have a, a waterhead. And then it's like you'll be filled with water and mucus, and then you got to send something in after the water, and then you got to send something in after that. And then I'll be walking around, and all of a sudden the mucus will start clearing up from the antibiotics, and then I know it's like your water broke, but it's your face. <laughs> then you're like the old woman who swallowed a fly all of a sudden, and then yeah, so that's no good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick, how you doing today? Hello, sir. I'm fine. What what can we do for you? Uh, I just actually wanted to call and say hi to Dave. I, uh, me and my wife ran into him Sunday afternoon at Home Depot at Jansen Beach, and very nice guy I'd never met before, and basically approached him and recognized him and, you know, mentioned your show, and, uh, it was a very nice guy. This is Scott, right? Yes, it is. Hey, thanks for remembering. <laughs> you hey, bet. Hey, it's nice yeah. to meet look you, man. Look at Dave. <laughs> That's fantastic. So well he, done, he, sir. He had parts in his hand. I mean, you can tell he's still a, a home improvement guy, and I wish he was my neighbor because I know when I'd be done mowing my yard, he'd probably have a cold drink for me when I'm done. So. <laughs> yeah. And he'd be borrowing your stuff all the time. Yeah, right? and, and yeah. never yeah, bring it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what? I'm glad you called, Scott. It was nice to meet you. I always I hang out in Home Depot on a regular basis, so, you know, if you're in there, I'll probably see you again. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and good luck on uh, some shows in the future, buddy. Take care. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Scott. Right, thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, Scott, excellent. Yeah, anything new on the, yeah, on the show? Well, you know, I've got a meeting with um, with uh, KGW coming up next week, um, trying to bring our home improvement show back. Because I, you know, I think it, with the economy the way it is right now, there are people who used to hire things to be done around their house, right just out. maintenance stuff. Yeah. Now they got to learn how to do gotta it themselves. Fix it themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're we're going to be looking for sponsorship and you know uh, trying to kind of, which is tough right now, definitely. Well, it's, it's uh, challenging. But you're, but I think you're right about that because like the uh, like my wife is doing that. My uh, Lara, uh, you know, has sort of I've talked over the last six months or so has uh, redone the inside of our home to, to some degree. Not like we're knocking out walls or whatever, but I mean she's you know she's like painted almost every room and and she's uh, you know she's. You know, all the stuff they talk about, like, you know, the, where you, with, like, through use of, like, lighting and, and shading and stuff, you make a room look bigger or smaller. And just all this, all the tricks you do to sort of, you know, basically remaking it as much as you possibly can without, like, destroying and rebuilding. Yeah, it's our house. It looks good. It looks great. That's all her. I can't take any credit. It looks completely different from the last time I was there. It used to be, like, all white and gray. And it was, well, it was just a stock mm-hmm. house before that, like, you know, what? I mean, I'm not trying to knock it, but I'm saying it was just a house that, like, Somebody had run it before us, and we were running it, and he hadn't really done anything to it, and it was just sort of plain. And uh, but that is all Laura. She uh, she completely, uh, you know, she did that all herself. And the thing is, at a certain point, we probably we probably would have had somebody come and do it. Like, hey, we'll give you know, get a guy, and what's the bid, and have him come do. But mm-hmm. we were just like, you know, we can't, like, you can't justify that. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you've got or you know, don't have. I mean, the, the, the too expensive is still too expensive, especially when things are so uncertain. And so she's done it all herself. Um, but I think there's a lot of people like that uh, I, because she was talking to some of her friends who are also – they're trying to – because it's like you can't – on the one hand, like you can't put your life on hold entirely. No. It's like you can't, you can't say, well, the economy bad. I'm never again going to do anything. I will never again do anything that is entertaining. I will never again update my home. I won't eat. I won't buy anything. I'll never see another movie. Like you have to sort of go on with your life, but you have to figure out you know, how to do it sort of sensibly. Right. And that's – she was kind of struggling with that, and this is uh, so. I'm, you know, well, she could have a bunch of like a bunch of local sponsors, and totally. stuff, so that way, you mm-hmm. know, people can know where to buy stuff to improve their homes. And what we like to do too with our program is that you know, you ever watch home improvement shows and, and where they never make a mistake? Totally, yeah. That yeah. is just total BS. Yeah, Pennington. <laughs> yeah, tool. Yeah, total tool. This guy drives me nuts. Anyway, uh, I show you know you make mistakes when you work on projects, and when I make them on the show, I show them. 
and and then show how to fix the mistake. That's that's really important because I think a lot of people don't want to do home improvement because they don't feel like it's going to be flawless for them. Oh God! Well, then if you, again, if you, again, you make some sort of an error. Then it's a whole of like, oh, God, what do I, hold on, let me look, oh, page five doesn't have it. No, they assume I did it correctly. Ah, damn. And there's no control Z. Uh, you know, there's no there's no undo for life. Yeah. So, like, you cut the wrong wire or something or, like, unbolt the wrong thing, and you're like, you're effed if you can't figure out how to fix it yourself. So you're right, those, those, those like, the, you know, like those are the books or some of the, you know, some of the TV shows where, yeah they, yeah, they just do this and this and this, and then the next thing you know, and it's like suddenly they're done. Suddenly it's to the point where, like, on the TV show, they... They've mixed the ingredients, and now when the cake is done, it'll look like this. Mm-hmm. They do it on the home shows, where yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to move these three walls, and then we're going to put in a skylight, and then over here, we're going to put in a taffy factory, and then that's going to be a solar <laughs> panel. Here's a moat filled with alligators, and then here's what it looks like when it's done. Now, we'll pause while you do that, and you're at home going, like, what? I, where's my hammer? And <laughs> you don't know how to do anything. So a show that actually like dealt with how real people do home stuff would actually be pretty great. Well, and we, we've been doing it for over a year, and uh, the corporate boys in Des Moines uh, decided that uh, we, we weren't making enough money for where right. we were, and so now we'll just go somewhere else. Would you, you like me to pressure anybody? Well, I can have people threatened if you like. <laughs> you know, you do. You, your fans, I think, they're they're passionate. Well, like Scott, passionate people, and I think you you have like a you could summon the power of an unholy army if you ever chose to. I'm just saying. Uh, fortunately, we use our power for good, sort of. Not really, <laughs> but at least we use our power for us. Uh, but we could, you know, I'm just saying, if you uh, if you need somebody to be uh, to be spoken to politely or otherwise, you uh, you let Rick Emerson know. We'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll have it we'll have it taken care of. So, well, if people want to, uh, if, if people, in all seriousness, people want to sort of, uh, you know, find out more or contact you about that, they want to be part of the show, which I would be, I think would be a, a great idea for the right kind of business. How would they do that? Well, probably my email address is going to be the best way. Do you just go to GoDaddy.com and like buy a website? Seriously? Oh, I did. I did. I bought I bought uh, about six of them and parked them. Yeah, so just do one of those so that way when we're doing this, like, they can have a website to just go straight to so they have to remember an email. Because oh, if, like, people yeah. are driving around and stuff, they can't write down your email address. Well, you know, and the scary thing is, is I, I, I've, I've rewired a house. I've replumbed houses, um, uh, finished work. Computers scare the living ass out of me. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I don't know. I need to find someone who, who's, you know, savvy that way and, and do that. Because on my own, I, I... It's a barter economy now. You know what you could do? You could offer, like, uh, you put in some tile... Website goes up. Uh-huh. There you uh-huh. go. Then you're not having to pay the man's taxes on everything. That's right. Uh-huh. Boy, the man wants his taxes. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, this email says, since we're all sharing bizarre remedies, I want to suggest that Sarah pack her nose full of Pop Rocks and lukewarm water. Okay. And uh, this is for entertainment purposes only, by the way, not a doctor. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show.
Hi, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. 503 here with uh, Dave Schmidtke coming up here in just a few. We'll talk to our good friend Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, later on, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles will be here. And it is a, uh, it's high concept Wednesday as well. And uh, we'll get some of these calls and then, uh, engineer Matt Green is going to join us. Uh, because I have it, we're trying to figure out the, the, this business of the, because unlike most of the things, I mean, this is right in our wheelhouse too. It's like a sciencey sort of, what is the deal with blah, 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 blah question. Unlike a lot of the things that we will ask where we get like a, like a sort of definitive, definable, tangible answer. We never really did get an answer to this this watch business, so I will uh, go back and I'll uh, kind of reframe the question here in a second. I'll restate it and then we'll uh, we'll see what the engineering department has to say about it. In the meantime, uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who might this be? This is Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, what do you got? First, well, first of all, ironically, yesterday I actually bought a neti pot, which is of concern because a, it's made of plastic, which means it's probably made from China. So just make sure to really wash it if you use it. But it it actually worked. It actually worked. I was impressed. You feel like you were pouring lead into your into your head, probably. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that explains the nice buzz I got afterwards. You know, when you buy something from China, the secret ingredient is hate. Hate for you. So did it hurt when it went, like, between, like, up into your sinuses? You know what? This one had, like, a little hole on the lid, so you can sort of control the pressure of the water flowing from one nasal passage to the other. It was really high-tech. Like a a carb. Exactly, exactly. But more importantly, I wanted to share with you guys, because I figured you'd either, A, love this idea, or B, hate it, and think that I'm a complete dork. But you know American Idol, Norman Gentle, the guy that had the really like silvery shirt and red head headband that got voted off. Here's the thing about that. No. Uh you, we're uh, we're not really American Idol enthusiasts on the program. Don't think less of us. Okay, but no, but listen, you have to just Google him so you can sort of see his performance because I love The Office, the show The Office. And he totally could be a Dwight Schrute like double like a body double for the I w- show. Oh, I do okay, you know what? Okay, I totally I totally yeah. know who you're talking. You know why? Because my wife is not, a, you know, we don't, we're not really American Idol fans, but my wife loves The Office. And my wife, I think someone had made an observation similar to that. And it's like, and it, please understand, I know lots of people watch American Idol love it. We're just, this Sarah and I, that's just not, we're, it's just not our deal for whatever, not our deal. But um, I totally understand that. But I think my wife had made this point. So what is the guy's name? His well, he, his character's name was Norman Gentle. I don't know what his real name is, but he totally—I I can totally see like Dwight Schrute thinking somebody's going to sabotage him in the office, so he brings this guy in as a body double. And of course, Jim, the actor he is, knows that it's a body double, but plays along just to drive. It's like totally insane. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. All right, no, and my, you know, and here's another uh, Dwight thing. My wife had this great idea, and uh, the only reason I'll say it on the air is because clearly nobody else is going to do it. I, I forget. I forget exactly the specifics, but it was something. Now, see, now I almost don't even want to say it because I think I'm probably gonna I'm gonna get it wrong uh, somehow. Um, but it, it had something to do, you know, because Dwayne is always Dwayne is like the weird crackpot schemes and ideas and whatever. And it was a uh, it was an idea for like a little a little uh, a little web series about uh, Dwayne. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until I can get the specifics and I'm gonna say it on the air tomorrow. I'll talk to her tonight and I'll find out because. <laughs> I remember thinking at the time, like, it's the most genius thing ever, and somebody will do it, and it'll be brilliant. So I'm going to make a note to talk about that tomorrow. But So we will uh, we'll look that up. And the thing about the neti pot is, uh, I have this question for you before we close this up. Sure. sure. Did you, was there any, uh, 
Was it just water that came out the other side? Was there any weirdness from inside your no, head? No, like there, was, there wasn't any weirdness. It was just the, the, the little salt packets that it came with, mm-hmm. and you just dissolved it in, like, the, the warm water or whatever. And the trick is just to keep your mouth open the whole time, oh. or else it will go down your throat, which is completely disgusting. And then you'll drown. Yeah, so just keep your mouth open, and you'll look like, I don't know, like a guppy or something, just, you know, with water pouring out everywhere. But uh, it, was, it wasn't too bad. If that doesn't work, just eat some raw horseradish, and that always clears my sinuses up. Okay. Thank you there so you much, go. Elizabeth. You call Take us any time. All right, there you go. I like her. Me yeah, too. Yeah, she's fun. <sighs> just eat some raw horseradish. The, uh, by the way, I love the idea that you pour it in, you have to open your mouth, or maybe close your I forget. You have to do a thing, because otherwise... Yeah, but then it finds mouth. all of the... But then it finds all of the openings in your head. You know what I mean? It's sort of like it's sort of like pouring like creeps around in there. Yeah, it's like pouring water on a floor to find out where the crack is. You know, and you just sort of like ah, oh, it's over there. You know, it just it, it, it discerns every opening. That's that's weird. <laughs> yeah, your body's all kind. And here's the thing that freaks me out. Like Sarah and I were actually talking before the show that I understand, and I really do understand. I understand why some people gravitate toward. Which I guess is an interesting play in words. Gravitate toward uh, like uh, creationism as opposed to like actual facts and science and stuff. I understand that, and I, and I don't mean to sound snarky about it, but I do because it's just like so unbelievably, astoundingly improbable that like you even exist or that you function correctly or that you can like you know walk or think. Or here's the thing: this is not even a thing you have to be uh, stoned to find fascinating. Because I remember bringing this up one time. I was like hanging out with some guy, and I said. Did you ever think about this? And I, I think I used, uh, like, lifting my arm as an example. Like, I had my arm just sitting by my side, and I, like, raised my right arm. Just like, you know, you're just, like, lifting it up to, like, I don't know, just to, just, you know, to whatever, to scratch your nose. And I said, what is the deal with me raising my right arm right now? I said, so the muscles are doing that, but, like, why? Like, why did I decide to do that? Why did I make the decision? Like, where did the thought come from, the impulse in my brain, the synaptic uh, function of my brain to raise my right arm? Like, it just, you know, like, in other words, Sarah, let me ask you this right stoned. now. No, yeah, seriously. I was going to say, I think you do have to be stoned. I don't like it. to think about this stuff too much. Okay. I don't, don't want to question God's plan. Seriously, right now, though, let me just ask you this. Uh, just, uh, just, you, don't, don't know which one it is. Just move one of your limbs. Okay. See, so Sarah just raised her right arm. Now, why the right arm? I don't know. Like, why did her brain decide on the right arm, and where did that thought even begin? Doesn't it almost seem like a weird spontaneous creation of energy thing going on in your head? Well, you just made me do it. You know, you just mentioned about scratch right. my nose. I had this irresistible urge to scratch my nose, and I did. But see, at least that, I mentioned something specific that you did. I just tell Sarah, pick a random limb and movement and move it. She picks the right arm, which is totally insane. Like, where does that originate? It makes no sense. I'm not saying there's not a chemical reason for it. There is. It's just so unbelievably complex that I can't wrap my brain around it. And so, you know, you understand why people will go, well, it's because of a spirit god thing. I, I don't know. Let's, let's, just, let's just say it's a spirit god. That's it. And then we don't have to worry about it anymore. And it just, in a weird way, it kind of just, in a weird way, it just sort of tranquilizes all your anxiety. Because if you can just say that everything is like a big goblin or something living in a tree, then you don't have to worry about it anymore. You know? Because then, then you don't have to worry about anything. Well, I don't know. What if I, I'm so worried that what can I do to prevent cancer? There's nothing you can do. The goblin will decide if you get cancer or not. Really? Yes, it's all up to the goblin. The goblin's going to kill some of you, but not others. And you go, well, there's nothing I could do. It's all up to the goblin. I guess I can live my life free of worry, which is totally why people cling to creationism, etc. Because then you don't have to worry about why your body functions. You can just say the goblin did it. Speaking of science, Matt Green, engineer, CBS Radio Portland. How are you, sir? Hello, all. All right. Uh, I have a question for you. I have an answer. 
I think you Maybe. might actually, and I, but I don't know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything one way or the other. I'm just gonna tell you something that happened to me, and I wrote it down, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it on the air, and I got a whole flood of calls about it, which I, I guess I should have anticipated that we would. So I was at the uh, the the fossil watch store the other day, just uh, looking at watches and whatever, and I overhear this conversation, and it is a uh, woman and her boyfriend, and they're talking to the the guy who runs the the, the watch, you know, he's like he's the, the the clerk. And he's showing him all the watches, and I, I don't know, he was like trying to, I think, he, I think the guy was buying a watch, but he was trying to like show one of the women to, he's like, well, and you know, madame would look very good in this watch, and he's trying mm-hmm. to get the woman to buy a watch, and the woman says, I, and I, I was standing behind him writing it down on my Blackberry, I can't wear watches, neither can my mother, and I thought, oh, it's like a, like a rash, or like she gets all in scaly skin or whatnot, sure. and she and the, the clerk said, "What do you mean you can't wear watches?" She goes, "Oh, she goes, I can't wear watches. She's like if I put on a watch, it stops running. Like the battery, the battery stops." And he went like, "Well, over time." She goes, "No, no, no. If I if I put on a watch, like the battery just it stops almost like really quickly. Like I just uh, every time I put on a watch, it stops running." And she said the same thing with my mother. And there was just a silence where the clerk didn't know how to respond. And she said, "Well, jewelers know this is true. Yes, jewelers. Lots of people have this problem." And I wrote it down. And I was sort of opening my mouth to ask the woman some further questions about this p- particular phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And my wife uh, kind of caught my eye, and it was sort of a, like, let's not have a scene. And I just closed my mouth. I put the thoughts back inside, and we left. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I mentioned this today, and a whole bunch of people call up, yeah. including Dave Schmidtke, who was right there. And Dave said the mm-hmm. same thing. And he's like, I put on a watch, battery, battery goes dead. The, it doesn't want to work. And... So I am totally willing, as Socrates uh, said, to admit uh, what I do. All we know is that we know nothing. So I have no idea whether that's like a thing that actually can happen or not. And if so, like, how does it happen and how can I not be freaked out by it? Because it's terrifying. Mm. The first thing I have to point out is that uh, I would most probably be wrong if I said it was impossible that this is happening. However... You follow me so far? Yes. If I said, ah, that's, that's BS, well, nothing, that's total BS, you know, like it can't a, happen, a I, would, I would probably be wrong if I said that. Yes. So I'm not going to say that. However, there is no demonstrable mechanism whereby the human body generates some kind of a force field that sucks the life out of watch batteries. See, that was my thing, is like, if it, my, my thing is like, if it happened, if, you're, if, if your body, let's say like 2% of the population... Uh, and two percent of the population is so millions of people, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how math works either. So this is clearly why I'm in. The, I'm in the weeds here. I'm in the tall grass. But I mean, if like if two percent of the population are putting off some weird, uh, yeah, they're putting off some weird like you'd think somebody would have noticed or something. it by now. Yeah, like you think somebody mm-hmm. would have gone. Wait a minute. What's that weird glow around Sarah? By God, she's putting off energy. Get her in a laboratory. And you would think that if your body was throwing off enough energy to stop a mechanical object from working. Mm-hmm. That, like, you wouldn't be able to, like, use the remote control. Exactly. Because you pick up the remote control. Damn. Oh, uh, wait, and hold on. Be... Let me call the doctor. Oh, damn. Hold mm-hmm. on. Wait, let me get my cell phone to call it. Ah, crap. Well, maybe I'll fix it myself with a soldering gun. That's nah, not working either. <laughs> it's like you wouldn't be able to touch anything because then it would sort of freak out, right? Because mm-hmm. everything. Because a watch isn't, like, that different from other machines, like, at its core. No. And if you've got a fresh watch battery, there's actually a considerable amount of energy there which can be demonstrated by throwing one into the fire sometime. What will happen if you do that? explode. Really? Mm-hmm. It might? Yeah. Uh, is this something you might have uh, you might have done many times as a youth? Who, me? Yes. No. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's like the thing with the cell phone, using cell phones while p- pumping gas. They say you're not supposed to ever use your I, cell phone. I believe that's gas. an urban myth. Yeah, but, that that's, a, yeah, but that's a big load. Well, yeah. you know, it is. But look at, look at the, if, you, if you're in Washington State, mm-hmm. look at the gas pumps. They will have it 
printed up there at, at right. every gas pump. A friend of mine told me that well, the real deal with that is, is that the phones can potentially cause the counters to malfunction and not ring up your uh-huh. purchase correct the correct purchase price. Well, see that the don't use your cell phone while you're fueling up is like the uh, is like the thing that I and I'm just doing this for demonstrative purposes because I took a vow not to complain about it anymore. That was one of my resolutions for the new year. The thing about like your cell phone may crash the airplane, which is just a lie. Which mm-hmm. is just like it's, no, because if it was the case, if that was the case, they just would like not let you bring it on. They just right. say you got to check it because they wouldn't give everybody in the plane veto power over whether we lived. <laughs> so. Because uh, then it's like, you know, then it's like the thing in the audience where you've all got the Instapol button or something, and that, that wouldn't work. So you are saying in your in the opinion of uh, uh, CBS Radio Engineering and the person of Matt Green. informed, somewhat informed opinion. All you know. things being equal and with only the knowledge uh, uh, that, we, uh, that you have, in other words, only the facts that we've given you about this woman and her watch and the claim, you do not believe there is any any reasonable basis to believe that that can actually happen. No, I don't, because if it were, in fact, the case, somebody would have noticed it and measured it by now, and that hasn't happened yet. And I think that all those people would have been taken and put on an island of some kind, <laughs> uh, and we'd be... Uh, For uh, our safety. No, yes. we'd be just be like hooking, hooking cables to them and powering uh, cities off of them. What do you mean, you people? I'm just saying. <laughs> look, watch, if you're, watch killer. <laughs> if, you're, if you're throwing off like enough, uh, enough weird energy to destroy watches, I'm thinking you could probably uh, you know, run my TiVo for a while. Well, we were talking about how Dave Schmidt is kind of a special kind of person. Maybe people with more energy have that special glow about them. It's a special mm-hmm. spark. Inside. You do seem sort of vibrant. Mm, yeah. Thank you. All right. And the special glow too that can be tied in with people who see auras. Yes. Well, well we should for probably. what it's worth. <laughs> we should next to nothing. Yes. <laughs> so now we still have no answers. No, right? now we have no answers. Yeah. I mean, we do, I mean, which I guess is that that's the thing. I guess it's like you can't prove. I mean, I guess it would be one of those things where you'd have to prove that it was possible, right? It's not like you can't. Like I guess you can't prove it's impossible, well, but somebody would have to prove yeah. demonstrably. Like somebody would basically have to to, to 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 put on a watch and then they have to have a control group. You, you, and then first you have to well in order if you're going to do good science you have to come up with a a mechanism that you think is occurring here. Say postulate some sort of a bioelectric field that human beings generate and right. one or two percent of the population is really really good at it. And then how does that affect a watch battery right. or the other internal mechanisms of the watch? So now you've got a hypothesis. Now you have to either prove or disprove it. Find out whether whether your your idea is actually true or not. Scientific whether method. it represents reality or not. So will you nobody's now, done that. Now could it? you uh, could you demonstrate the existence of the phenomenon even if you couldn't even if you in other words if you had no idea let's say you just had no say you had no guess even as to why it was happening you didn't know you had no idea that it might be a, an energy field or magnetism or whatever you just thought that this was happening. You're like, hey, this watch seems to be dying all the time, but only on that guy. Could you set up some sort of an experiment to test whether the outcome was just happening? In other words, without even trying to get into why, just to verify whether the thing was taking place? Is there some sort of a, a, a like a, a, some sort of a setup or some sort of a, a some sort control? of an experiment by which you could determine whether or not the event was even occurring? I expect you'd I expect not, because what you'd have to do at that point is put the watch, the same watch, on several different people. Oh, that's there true. really is no control at that point. Well, I guess, but if you did that, but if you got, let's say if you got, well, like, a, one pack of batteries, mm-hmm. a pack of, like, ten batteries, and you had the same watch, and presumably, I mean, operating under the assumption that the batteries are all more or less equal, I mean, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, and then you had different people, each time with a fresh battery, wear the same watch. And then you would measure how long the battery lasted. And then you do it like three times in a row to determine some sort of a median. 
And then that would get, at least give you some sort of a baseline for it. But that would be forever, because usually watch batteries last like two or three years, right? Unless they're on Dave Schmidt. <laughs> but see, that's the thing, right? Presumably, if this is real, it wouldn't take that long, because mm. you'd make Dave like the second guy and immediately dead. Mm-hmm. Or, in fact, you could do it the other way around. You put it on Dave first, battery presumably goes dead in almost no time, and then you put it on the second guy, and, you know, and all you'd have to, you know, and, and then... You know, and then that then it lasts like six months or a year or whatever, which gives you at least an indication of the answer right there. You, you would know whether Dave Schmitke was indeed above the, uh, the, the the probability. All right. Of a battery simply dying. You haven't been near an point. intrinsic field generator anytime recently. <laughs> no, as far as, I, I did know someone who had like a kind of a Tesla machine though. Really? Mm-hmm. Did he also duplicate top hats? Never mind. It's a whole stupid <laughs> reference. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right. Thank you, Matt Green. Sure. Right, sure. There you go. From the engineering department of CBS Radio, Matt Green with the voice of science. And right. Science. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hello. All right. We I'm should doing well. I think I'm going to try that. I think I should try the pot. Are you going to try it on the air? The, 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 net, the, the nose kettle. <laughs> Can we sneak a mic into the... Uh... Kitchen? Sarah's I think I should. Uh, everyone, I'm so grossed out by it, but everyone keeps writing and saying what a huge difference it made, and I'm tired of walking around with like this giant. And nobody says that it hurts. That's the thing. Nobody That's what says I'm it's painful. Of. I'm afraid it's going to hurt. It, it doesn't hurt. I don't it's... think it would hurt. It would just be. I think it would be like if you snort up some water accidentally. You go, ah, that doesn't feel very good. You know. Okay. I mean, the first few seconds are a little. There's a little anxiety there because you're like, I'm. You know, your body's intuitive sense of protecting itself, like Rick talked Have about. Have you ever seen the movie The Abyss? No. Oh, really? Oh, there's a great... Just real quickly, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side with Jim Roof. Welcome, Dave Schmitke. Um, no, two different... Two different two different things. You'll never get older, and you'll never die. I'm fully aroused right now. Um, no, in the, in the Abyss, which is a James Cameron film, which is a flawed but great film, it, it was his... Uh, Follow-up to Terminator 2, I believe. I'm getting the order wrong, maybe. But anyway, it was, it was a great film. Yeah. Um, not perfect, but great. And there's like... And this is another thing. I'm not going to ask about this now because we don't have time. This is another thing. I want to know if this is true or not. There's this great, great, great plot device they use in the Abyss. And the Abyss is all about these deep-sea divers that are going like to the – you know those like the Mariana Trench or whatever that is at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. It's like 11 miles straight down. And it's – you know, like the pressure is so strong that it would crush you because mm-hmm. your body is hollow basically and that the pressure would crush you. And they have this great plot gimmick where to avoid being crushed by the pressure – they devise this, it's basically water, it's like pink water, and the water is hyper-infused with oxygen, and they put you in a diving suit that is then filled with pink, this pink liquid, and you just breathe this oxygen-filled liquid, and in other words, you're breathing water, basically, it's just that the water is filled, hyper-filled with oxygen, and there's this whole scene where they're like, you know, we all breathe water for nine months, you just don't remember it. Uh, but you, you know, but you know, you were breathing water for nine months in the womb, and so mm-hmm. like you can do it again. And this water has special oxygen. And there's this horrible, nerve-wracking sequence where they stick, uh, like the diving mask or whatever. I think it's on James Conn's head, and then they just fill up the diving mask with this water, and he's having to breathe the water, and it is so freaking and anxiety-filling to watch. You watch it, and it's like you can feel years being taken off your life. It's so stressful. So don't tell her that before she's kind of thinking about doing it. I know. Should we do it during the break, or should I do it, Sarah? <laughs> Have I learned nothing from seven years of radio? Should we do? Yes, let's do it off the air where no one can hear it. (laughs) No one can hear the screams but us. Uh, We come back. Sarah Dillon tries the neti pot. All right. Uh, Also, uh, more from Dave Schmidke and so forth. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. 
You're fantastic, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Sarah's now gone from anxious to anxious and excited about the neti pot. I, a little bit am. I'm still really grossed out about it, but... I think you're building it up in your head to, to a thing that it's not, though. I know. I I'm just don't want to feel it in between my... I don't know. Something, I don't want to feel the hole between my eyes. <laughs> no one does, Sarah. <laughs> but now, you know, this is one of those things where you and I are in really dangerous territory. This is like my whole thing of asking Matt that question about can people make their watches stop working or whatever. And the, and I realize that I only have, I mean, I know, like, maybe a little bit about some stuff, and I have, like, like thumbnail knowledge of, of, of science, but I really don't know much of anything. We didn't even know what a uterus was the other day, and Sarah's got one. And we were like, or not a uterus, a womb. A womb. Like a womb, and Sarah and I were like, what? And we both thought that we were the only one who, like, we didn't want to say it out loud because we each thought the other person knew. And finally, you we're, know like, what a womb is? we're like, what's a womb? Well, I think I have a general idea where it's at and but what, what is it's it? used for. Is, does, it have an, does it have another name? Uh, not that I know of. Does it exist when, you're, when it doesn't have a baby in it? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, I've... see, so everybody was on the same page. Because Sarah didn't know, and again, a woman, the, the womb is the uterus. There you go. Uterus is, womb is just a colloquialism for the uterus, which I didn't know. It's a and, hollow spot in your pelvis or something. Yeah, so we, uh, we, do we have so little knowledge about, like, anything on this <laughs> program? I didn't know either. <laughs> yeah. but, so, I thought I did. But, that being wow. said, we'll talk to Jim Rupin one moment here, but I should say that as you get ready to use this sort of nutty pot thing, I realize that I don't even really know where your sinus cavity is. I mean, it could be in the it's back there. of your head for all It's right in the front. But, is it, but you're putting it above your eyes. No, it is above your yeah. eyes. It's like really? Right. There's two of them. Is yeah. that true? Yeah, there's, there's like two. They're, like, up here, mm-hmm. and then and they're down in here. That is kind of freaky. It is freaky. Ugh. It's kind of like if I was wearing uh, Rorschach's mask. Totally. Hey. And that's where all those black parts are where, like, your sinuses are. All right. No, I can't do the voice. But, that was uh, pretty good. All right. Now he's just, he does that, you know, something, something. Now it's gone now. All right. Let's welcome down to the Rick Emerson show. Oh, by the way, just speaking of Rorschach and Watchmen, I just talked to uh, Bobby Fatboy Roberts from Rock 101 KUFO. And as he put it, I'm currently being eviscerated on Ain't It Cool News. So if you'd like to see uh, Bobby uh, being eviscerated, which you know you don't want to see, but I mean you know what I'm saying. If you want to go read his review, I guess I guess he, uh, I guess he kicked the fanboy cage, and they're just going nuts about his Watchmen review. Because apparently on Ain'tItCool.com you can go read Fatboy's review, and I guess he had the same general take on Watchmen that I did, which is a sort of he gave it a solid, nah, you know, sort of a an indifferent kind of a meh sort of a thing. But, but I, that's the name of his band, too. It, yes, it is. So I guess I guess the yeah, I guess the fanboys are I, I guess they're they don't approve of the, they're just pleased with his review. Hello, Jim Roop, how are you, sir? I'm very well. How are you? I am fantastic. Do you know what a neti pot is, sir? No. It's that nose kettle thing uh, that people use where they get like gunk in their nose and then they put warm water and they pour it into their nose. You know what I'm talking about? Never done that. Really but I mean do you know what I'm do you know the device of which I speak? Um no. In California, you don't know? I thought this sort of thing would be well. Maybe the maybe the, the like the nose kettle is old news. There, maybe you all have moved on to something else, like shoving moon rocks into your ears or something. <laughs> Who knows with you people? Um, but but the California is usually the, the vanguard of odd uh, sort of health remedies. So maybe this is a, you know again this is from maybe decades past. That's what I'm saying. You've moved on. It is a it's like a miniature China uh, teapot or like you know a little uh, like a little uh, thing that you pour milk out of a little uh, something in your nose through it you put you take warm water mixed with uh, like salts uh, of some kind and then if your if your nose your sinus cavity is all uh, cloggy you just sit i swear to god i'm not making this up you you buy this at like Walgreens or whatever you you, you bend over the sink you take this little uh, china teapot you fill it with warm water and these salts 
and then you just this sounds this sounds like a gag though. This sounds like I'm trying to punk somebody like Ashton Kutcher style. You you stick one of the you stick the teapot up one nostril, and then you tilt your head and you pour it into your nose. And the theory is, the water. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's like washing out a rain gutter. That it goes into your sinus cavity, goes out your other nostril, and supposedly just takes out some of the gunk with it, which I guess makes some sort of some sort of vague sense. Why don't you just blow your nose? Well, see, to be fair, though, I think I think you can blow your nose, but I don't think you can blow out your sinus cavity. No, you can just blow from, like, there. Unless you use, like, a gun or something. So I, I think, yeah, blowing your nose, I think, only empties your nose. I think you have, if you have problems with your sinus cavity, like, unless you want to be putting, like, a like one of those rotor snake things up there. I don't, I don't know there's a whole lot you can I do about that. that. You have to send a Sherpa up there. There's really no <laughs> other way to get that taken care of. So people have, for the last, I would say, four or five days, because Sarah has a sinus infection. Her, she's just got all kinds of sinus blockage. And she's not antibiotics and stuff. But, you know, but it takes a while for that stuff to go out. For like four or five days, people have been calling the show like, tell Sarah to use a nose kettle, or also called a neti pot, which I think is like a sort of brand name for this. It's like a trademark. But they're like, tell Sarah to use this nose kettle, where she just pours the salt water into her nose. And Sarah has just been recoiling with visceral horror at the whole thought, because she's grossed out by it. But I think she's actually been worn down. And so the th- are you going to do it in this like later in the segment? Yeah, I'll I'll do it. Especially since Dave Schmidt went to the trouble. I'll, I'll help you. I'll and help you. see several people who've been on the show now. Tim, Dawn, and Dave have all used it, and they said it doesn't hurt. That it's a weird sensation, not painful though. Where do you get them? Uh, like it, you know, like at like at a Walgreens or like a you know mm-hmm. or any any drugstore. Um, I mean, I've never I've never used it, but I mean, you see them there all the time. They're right there in the cold and cough aisle, and it it's just like a little. It looks like a little gravy boat with a lid. I gotta check that out. Yeah, seriously, go online. You just type in like you go to Google and you just put in nose kettle, which I think is sort of the generic name. But I think a neti pot is like that's like that's like the brand name for it. And well, my doctor, when I went yesterday to um, you know, cause I have a sinus infection, I went to get antibiotics. She actually recommended it. And this isn't like a witch well. doctor. This yeah, is yeah. like a real doctor. Yep, PhD. She's just like, oh, have you heard of a neti pot? I'm like, no, no, no. It's no, actually no. a Himalayan word. Is it? Is it really? N e t i, neti pot. Two see, words. See, and there's some of that stuff that's just like insanity. Like, you know, you get the, like, jam a candle in your ear, you know, whatever. And you're like, why don't you jam a candle in your <laughs> ear, friend? Um, but the thing about the, like, the, the nose kettle, again, it's like if you, if you take, if you operate under the assumption that basically uh, you got, uh, well, as I said, it's like a rain gutter or something. You got like a, uh, you know, you got, I was using that example of, we used to have that thing. What is that? What the hell was that thing called that you'd like melt butter in it? And it was like a, uh, it was a, you press down on the pump and it would spray the butter under your popcorn. Anyway, the point is, if you get something that's clogged and then you wash it out. So that's that's what this does. So I think Sarah's going to do that later on in the segment. What about one of those things that squirts water? You know those little bubble things? What like a, like a water pick? Uh, nah, it's a, uh, uh, a garden hose? A turkey baster? It looks like that, but it's small. You use it to pull the gunk out of a baby's nose. Oh, yeah, no, it's a bulb. Like, a, like an atomizer. No, 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 it's not an atomizer. No, 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 I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, it's just, it looks like a, it, it doesn't look like a syringe. That's the wrong way to put it. it. You know what it is? It's like you took a rubber ball and pinched part of it and just pulled it out and elongated it. They use it to, to clean dog's ears, too. Yeah, and yeah. now, but here's the thing. I well, we, used to, we used to pull crap out of my kid's nose with it. And I you know, you, we still have one. I can send it. You know, out. kids excrete the darndest things, Jim Rope. Uh, because you will find. Let me ask you this: with it's, that, not, it's not the stuff that's come out; it's the sound it makes when it's coming out. See, that's so, the, the gross part. Here's my question with that with that bulb thing, because I know I know what you're talking about. Is that used to spray liquid into something, or to pull stuff out, or both? I've only used it to pull stuff out. 
See, I would, I'm, I'm never, thinking it, it'll go the other way. I guess. I mean, I guess you could put it, uh, you know, into some saline and suck it up and then go <laughs> and spray it into your nose. But it probably doesn't seem like it holds a whole lot. Well, do you need that much? I guess. But it's like a little turkey baster. Nose, it ain't that big. Well, but it's not. The insides, though. But see, that's the thing is it's like, this is like. There are like caverns inside your head that are unexplored. It's like that Why city. Why getting water on the brain doing it your way? It's like that city underneath Disneyland, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm not standing up for it. I'm scared as hell to do that to my nose, but it's supposed to have very positive effects. Well, but I'm tired I mean, of feeling like this. Well, the worst thing that could happen is it doesn't feel very good, and then it just runs back out your nose, right? Yeah. It's like it's water, and gravity's gravity. It's not like it's going to stick up there. Water's not sticky like mucus. That's why the mucus is still in there. It's like being filled full of peanut butter. These things have been around since 1972. So there you go. So, you know, uh, so Amy Carter may have used one. All right. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. uh, hello, Jim Roop. How are you today? <laughs> All right. Hey, um, real quickly, uh, we're going to talk about two things. One, uh, life-affirming one, less so. Uh, just, uh, so this 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 train crash last year in L.A. where the guy was like, this is what the thing was like, the engineer was texting or something. That was the thing they tried to say he was text messaging. Is that the well, story? Well, ultimately, he blew through a red light, and he sent a text message just 22 seconds before impact, so they're guessing that was a factor in him blowing through a red light. You would think that uh, trains would have to do more than just see the light. Like there may be, like you think there might be some sort of a, I don't know, like a, like an, like an automated switch or something that would start slowing you down if well, you don't. Well, there is now. It's called positive train control. Yeah. And and after this crash, that was, it's, that technology was voted to be put into place with Metrolink here. You know, uh, it's, it, I guess it senses when you're approaching a red light, and so it'll start to slow the train down and ultimately stop it if the uh, if the engineer is incapacitated for some reason or if he's texting. Uh, but uh, to me, that's going to put people out of business eventually. Totally. It says here there is, quote, explosive new information in the case of this train crash last year. What well, is it's that not just that. It's not just the texting that was going on. It's, it's the fact that he was allowing kids, um, train enthusiasts, to ride in the locomotive with him. And one text message that he sent to one of his buddies was that they were going to come in and drive the train that evening. He, in the text message, it says, I'll do the talking on the radio. You drive the locomotive. I'll tell you how to do it. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. And this guy has done this before. What? I, okay, I'm sorry. I was trying to make words, and then they were just sort of falling apart inside my mouth. The, I was going to ask, like, Use how... Pot. How... I was going to ask how old these kids were, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they're teenagers. They're really, high school kids. Which is like doubly, I was going to say, it doesn't really matter, I suppose. It's weird not, this guy had a relationship with these boys. Well, and like only the guy who's in charge of driving, you know, the train ought to be driving the train. Much, But, but I mean, if you, if you are going to decide to cast around for a group of enthusiastic individuals to come try their hand at engineering, like in the off hours, maybe teenagers are not where you want to start. No. Jesus, that's just weird. Yeah. And so... He'd sent a text message to some kids saying, you'll drive the train, I'll talk yeah, on the I'll radio. I'll talking on the radio, but you'll drive the train, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of nuts. That's, 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 that's hella nuts, as the kids say. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Well, all right. Um, and then this is the life-affirming thing. I'm just going to read this right off the page here. It says, kids of courage. 24 children and young adults with chronic debilitating life-threatening illnesses are treated to a trip to the West Coast, as CNN's Jim Roop reports, to a Toys R Us shopping spree and this isn't like the uh, the this is like it not probably not make a wish themselves but is that kind of an organization it, right it seems like it yeah it's relatively new it's just a few years old and this is one of their first trips but you got each of these kids with all these problems um from ventilators to whatever other equipment so each kid has a one-on-one aid plus a team of doctors so it takes a team of 75 people 
to haul 24 kids around the country uh, for a week. And uh, it, it, it's quite, it was quite a surprise to them because they thought they were going to Universal Studios. They wound up going there. Right. But on the way, the, the, the head guy says, oh, man, we're lost. Uh, you know, the kids are obviously disappointed. He says, well, let's pull in here and see if we can get directions to Universal Studios. They happen to have pulled up in front of a Toys R Us store. And the guy said, all right, here's what we're going to do. Everybody goes in, you get 100 bucks in 30 minutes. That's pretty. And it great. was really cool. It was, re- and and these kids just they didn't know how to ha- they, they don't know how to handle a lot of things anyway. But they didn't know how to handle this at all. And it was just absolutely amazing to watch them grabbing at Guitar Heroes and all this other stuff. It was it was really cool. It was something neat to see. Well, you and I were talking about this the other day with the, the hideous Octomom. How you know it's just been such a downer of a day because of that guy that killed his family. You're like, no, no, no. There's a, but there's a life affirming story. No, no, no. It's great. There's a woman who had eight kids. What could possibly go wrong? There's nothing about the story that could disappoint us in the future. And that's just like a big kick in the junk. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I mean, you know, some corny or whatever. But I mean, a story like this is you know, it, a, a story like this is something you probably need uh, every once in a while because otherwise it's just well, it's something you know, it, it's something I need to do. Every Every once in a while, just you know, just to just to witness myself that there's actually good news out there. And, and so the problem is, though, if it was if there, any other news day, I wouldn't have been able to cover something right. like that because something tragic would have taken precedent over that. And you know, I think we, you know, it's, you're right. You don't want to sound corny, but hey, man, sometimes that's that's cool kind of well, stuff to hear. Well, you know, and the rest of the time you're just covering Chris Brown allegedly beating Rihanna, and then Rihanna taking him back and saying he's still my homeboy. Yeah. You know, another another interview with Gloria Allred today about the same-sex marriage thing. It's it's one you know if it's it's half dozen one six of another. I, but I really like the fact that I was able to do that story yesterday. I do just back on the Gloria Allred thing for a second. I do wonder if there are multiple Gloria Allreds. Like there's got to be two or three of them because it's like she's just cranking out lawsuits left and right. I I wonder if she ha- has some weird alternate energy technology she's developed and that she has in fact replaced large sections of her body with small plutonium generators. It is crazy you should say that because. I spoke with her earlier today, live, like talked to her. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes ago, I did a phone interview with her because she's in San Francisco. <laughs> like, how did, how did that even work? Don't ask me. Well, obviously, it's a 30-minute flight. Yeah, but, but I mean, but, I mean but, but, the, and she, and, and the just, logistics of that don't even seem possible. Just hold on, I have to beam myself to Mars and filing a lawsuit maybe, there. It was literally maybe three hours. Between the two times I spoke with Jesus, I this, <laughs> I love her though. She's great. I mean, there's there's I, I just want to I want to I was gonna say I want to put put a tracking chip in her like a mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, but maybe not. I just want to follow her around for like a month. I want to follow Gloria Allred for thirty days and just see. She's such a fascinating person to me, and I think to anybody who follows in high-profile legal cases or, or trials uh, or lawsuits, or if you just watch CNN for any length of time, she's just such an unbelievably strange, fascinating, smart, weird, terrifying person. But she doesn't even really present a great argument. If you listen to her, like when I said to her, well, domestic partners have the exact same rights as married couples, right. so it's just the word we're talking about. Her argument was, well, we all know how special the word marriage is, don't we? Well, that's not going to fly in front of the Supreme Court. Do you suppose it's because everybody is just terrified of her, and she just sort of looks at you, and her eyes glow ever so slightly red, and you kind of do like a, I smell brimstone. Brimstone? Is there sulfur? I don't know. I, okay. I guess we rule for Gloria Allred. Sure. She's five feet nothing, man, but you fear her like Hellboy. No. You know? <laughs> 
You should do ads for her. Really, you ought to be you ought to be voicing Gloria Allred's TV spots right now. All right, bad thing. You'll they'll fear her like Hellboy. Contact Gloria Allred. All right, and then you can be in front of the uh, you know the shelf of cardboard books. All right. On that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. Are you on tomorrow, sir? Yes, I am. All right, we'll talk to you then. Thank you, Jim Roop. Thank you. Right, there you go, Jim Roop. Wonderful. All right. So, uh, what is the deal here? Are we uh, are we ready to uh, are we ready to to hose the I'm note? I'm not ready, but I'll do it. <clears throat> All right, we're gonna do that here. Let's just do it here. Well, right. we can wait until the next. Now we can do it here. Hey, I'm watching a little demonstration right now. We actually. need a cell phone. Uh, who has a cell phone? Oh, I've got, I've got a cell. Right. Do you think yours works in the kitchen? I'm not sure. Well, well, we'll I think out. mine kind of does. So you I have a look, call. Here's a great video. You got to watch this. Dave shouldn't be allowed to oh. hold electronic devices, clearly. <laughs> but all right. Um, okay. So Dave, why don't you just call the on-air line or somebody call the on-air I line? I'm calling it. Right. And you can just use my phone. Oh, okay. I'll use all it. right. So it's gonna. I'm gonna pick up uh, the uh, the the phone here. Is that right there? Mm-hmm. All right. Is this you? Yes. Yeah, all right. Me. Okay. Right, she's just so excited. All right. So, Dave, we'll just uh, put you on the phone. And uh, you and Sarah will go into the kitchen with the nose kettle. So now before you – now, wait, hold on. Before you go, Sarah. So and now uh, you've got the nose kettle. Now what – were you putting it in warm water? I guess warm water and uh, and Dave's going to put some salt in it. A little bit of salt. You should use um, – You pot the phone down for, for some uh, Sorry. sorry. Um, you should use um, kosher salt, actually. Do we have kosher salt? I don't think so. Is this just salt, salt from like round table pizza or yeah. something? That's like yeah. salt Should we that, not put that salt in? Salt that came from Subway? No, it's fine. Salt is salt. Just a little bit. Just a little. No, we'll, we'll, be, we'll go under the okay. what they normally do. It may do. not be clean in the eyes of the Lord, Sarah, but neither are you. So. <laughs> I, I have to request Christian salt. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seriously, Dad. And, and, you know, I do got, um, I did a little um, research on this. This is kind of a Buddhist thing, believe it or not, how it uh, originated. But it's been used in the Orient for... Where is the Orient? Please to be describing what it's the a, Orient. Well, it's really weird. It's, it's where Scotty J lives. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Orient. And if you look at this, um, this video I'm looking at, it, it's an actual how-to video. I don't. I, I don't want to see. I'd just rather I'll just do it. I'll okay. Do it. Excellent. That's I like your. Better. I like your can-do spirit. Okay. okay. All right. So let's. Uh, so Sarah's going to go into the kitchen, and we will. Uh, we will listen to the blow-by-blow. While Dave do the uh, the play-by-play slash color commentary. Okay. All right. So let's you guys. Go, Sarah. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Wait. Are you up? Uh, I don't think it's potted up, oh, sir. Wait. All right, hold on. We're going to uh, pot up the phone. And, all right, and uh, go ahead and say something, Dave. Okay. Okay, I, there you go. I all right. Okay, excellent. In? Yes, got okay, it. Good, good, good. All right, so. Uh, walking to the kitchen. Dave. Boy, Sarah just has this, this look of dread on her face. Doesn't she? All right, yeah. walking down the uh, walking down the hall. There's Richie. Hi, Richie. All right. And uh, okay, we got to get uh, we got to turn down this radio in here, and then the, the water in here doesn't get very warm, so she's going to run over to the bathroom. So it's sort of a, get some warm water in the kitchen. The water's kind of tepid. Yeah, what's up with that? All right. Well, you know, there's that hot water that comes out of the coffee pot thing. You know, with the red handle. That's what she's doing actually right now. All right. Now. Yeah, because that's some hot water, and now she's going to put some lukewarm water in it. How much water do I put in? Um, just uh. It doesn't matter. As much as you want to run to your nose is how much water you put in there. All right. How does that feel? Okay. I'm going to feel the water here. That's um, uh, that's not that. A little warm. A little warmer. Just a little bit. She's, it's, it's, right now, she's got the water kind of tepid. Just make sure it's steaming. Yeah. We'll put in boiling hot water. And uh, maybe just a little bit of salt. And so she's testing the water. Let me test it. Oh, that feels pretty good. A little bit warmer? Uh, a little bit warmer would be good if we could do that. Maybe just a splash of crystal light. Oh, some crystal light? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the same crystal light would be oh, good, thanks, too. Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's not believing it. That, that's right. good. That, I think that'll work good. Now we're going to put a little bit of salt in here. All right. I'm putting in the salt. She's saying, oh, God, oh, God. Now, is it now, Dave, between you and I, you don't have to tell her I'm asking this. Is the salt going to, like, uh, burn? Um, not. Put some over your shoulder. 
Oh, I got to throw some on my shoulder. No, the phone really won't won't burn. Um, I'm going to make sure that's right. Okay, I think we've got the right amount. I think we've got the right amount of salt. Right. He's closing the kitchen door now. She'll right. probably lock it if she could. Okay, All so right. we're ready. All we're right. ready. So she's, here's what you do. Yeah, here's what you do, Sarah. You want to um, lean over the sink. You know the dishes out of the sink. Well, yeah, if you want to get the dishes out of there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think dirty. coating the dishes with your mucus would be kind of fun. So what you do is you lean over the sink and then turn your head like um like to the this? side and then the the ups, uphill nostril is where you put the the neti pot in keep your mouth open and then just lift the neti pot and slowly now wait why is she keeping her mouth open all right i'm ready well she wants to keep her mouth open so it doesn't go down your throat all right okay she's, she's pretty nervous she's, okay. she's pretty, all right she, I've never seen her this now make sure it doesn't just run out the same nostril okay, so breathe, breathe, breathe. yeah just you just want to open your yeah so, okay, okay. Should I put, it in my nose you put it in, kind of in your nose all right okay okay great Go ahead. <laughs> okay, she's putting it in her nose, and it's coming out the other nostril. Oh, it's working! It's working! She's doing it just right, and now, so it's coming. It's going in one nostril. It's draining down, and you may want to tilt your head just a little bit so it doesn't get your shirt wet. Uh, there you go. And what do you think? How's it feel? It feels like a swimming. <laughs> okay, I think it's done. Okay, she did it. She now, how much it. of the water did she use? Um, she filled the thing about halfway full, and it went all the way through there. And how, how do you feel now? Snotty. <laughs> that was weird. Now you I should have her. You should have her blow her nose now and see if it's any different. <laughs> this is me, Rick. Oh, okay. you should blow your nose and see if it's any. See if there's any you know loosening that's happened. All right, hang on. All right. The next sound, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Dillon blowing her nose on the air. Yeah, it won't right away. You have to do it a few times. Okay, okay. That so wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. Okay, so she survived. Okay. All right. And and it's kind of a maintenance issue. We do it a few times. She's a trooper. We're coming back. All right, excellent. Okay. So it seems like a thing you might have to do is like a gradual sort of uh, loosening that would take place because everything gets yeah. sort of uh, impacted and whatnot. All right. All right, so Sarah's entering the studio again. Uh, and so how do you? How, how was it? How do you feel? Okay, I couldn't. Oh, it feels weird. I couldn't feel it. But all of a sudden, it just feels it feels like it goes to about there, like right. to the top of your nose. So I thought I was going to be able to feel it, like, up in my forehead. But um, Sorry about that. I didn't no, I feel like I went swimming, and, like, I jumped off a diving board or something, and, um, and like, water went up my nose. It didn't, it didn't feel weird. It actually felt kind of interestingly good. Well, see, that's the thing. So because it, well, see, now, I'm just saying. I'm for maybe I did it. Maybe for the same sure. reason that uh, you enjoyed the colon cleansing. Because, again, it's a, it, is a, it is a feeling of... Um, it is a feeling of... Uh, uh, you know, just a general uh, a general cleaning out and freeing up. And it, it could take a little while, actually. Like later tonight, you may be at home and kind of feel like, oh, i got to blow my nose, and you'll get and some all of a it's like, success. <laughs> it's just to put it nicely. Well, that's no. See, the woman told me that when 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 uh, when I went to the doctor with my sinus infection some time ago, and it was like I didn't have any insurance or whatever, and so she was – I think I ended up – I can't remember if she ended up giving me – some some pills or something, whatever, and I can't remember if she did that as well, but she also told me, she didn't tell me about this, it was basically the same thing, though. She goes, to go to the store, and there's this stuff called, I think the brand name is Ocean, but it's just saline water. It's just like you put your contacts sure. in. And she's like, you get this, and she's like, if you can heat it, you know, if you want, like, put it in, you know, heat it on the, you know, in a pan of water, or you can just, like, stick it, you know, just shoot it up your nose. She's like, it's just saline. She's like, but be careful, because she's like, after about a day or so, you're going to want to keep some tissues. It's like when yeah. you get, like, sometimes you'll take medication, and they say, you wish to be near a bathroom. <laughs> but she was like, be near some tissues, because suddenly it's like, bleh, and it all, suddenly it's like the, the dam breaks or whatever. I have to say, like, my nose does feel 
like a little clearer. Yeah. And, you know, if you were to do this, uh, you know, a couple times a day for, you know, maybe about four or five days, you'd really start to notice. Well, can I borrow your Sure, of course pot? you can. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. There you go. All right. See, I was afraid people that. Yeah. See, and I think the reason it probably hurts when you're sort of maybe swimming or something and you inhale water is because, A, when you do that, it's starting to go down your lungs because, by definition, if you're kind of getting water when in your nose when you're like you're almost like inhaling it maybe, and it's also a fine spray like a like that, and maybe that's a you know and maybe chlorinated. Well, I mean, and it's phone. chlorinated. That's the other. And thing. And I can still talk like what I was saying because Dave's yeah. shoving the phone. He's like, "How do you feel? Water coming out of my nose." Yeah, like, fine. You jackass, get that phone away from me. And I guess if it's just going like in the nostril, then and like sinus cavity out the other nostril, like there's really no way. For it to, to screw with your breathing or whatever, because like you can rather just closing it, closing the lung passage off or whatever. So it really is just like a straight shot all the way through. Like there's really no way it can cause mischief. It's a weird looking thing if you see it done, and it, it looks worse than it feels. Yeah. Well, it was weird because I I could tell when I was pouring, and then all of a sudden it's like one one thousand, two one thousand. It's not coming out of my other nostril. I'm like, where the hell is all that water going? It's traveling all around in your head, and then comes back out the other side. Oh, it's still. Yeah. Now wait a minute. This guy's now. Did you put salt in it or not? I did put a little bit of salt. You don't really want to. Uh, you want to use kosher or sea salt. Um, Here's what this guy said. This is he says. Um, do not put unsalted water through your nose. It will ruin your day. Sea salt is best, followed by kosher salt, followed by table salt. Half a teaspoon for a liter, blah, blah, blah. He says, I've never used too much salt, so I don't know how it would work. But if you don't use enough salt, you'll regret it. I don't think this info will get to Sarah in time. I'm starting to cringe just listening to this. Well, but, but then he doesn't explain the deal. Like, what would happen if you didn't use salt? Yeah, I don't know. I did put some in there. I didn't want to put too much because uh, you don't want to use too much of a table salt or well, I, it didn't feel like, like, I don't see why water would met, oh. it just feels like it's traveling. Apparently the salt neutralizes the chlorine, which all drinking water and whatever has, and if you uh, don't use any salt, that's where you get the chlorine. The chlorine burns, but I guess the salt neutralizes the chlorine. Hmm. Okay, that's why you want to use some salt. Unless you're, like me, you're on a well. And that I guess. All right. Yeah, it, you did a good job. I'm proud well of done, you. Sarah. you. You did very good. Yeah. Now, are you going to do it? Now, how often are you supposed to do it? Uh, I would do it at least twice a day. Do it, you know, do it in the morning and then do it in the evening. Because not to be gross, but I mean that stuff's in there for a while and it's like it doesn't. No, because see now that I've stubborn. done it, now it's something. Probably like the colon cleansing where I was nervous about it. Like now that I've done it, I'm excited to see what I can get out of my. Well, it's like, but you know what? It's like a, uh, it's like having a, uh, it's like having a, it's like having a stubborn, uh, a stubborn marker stain on a piece of clothing. You got to, you know, you can't just like glancingly go over it with the, with the, you know, with with the cloth. You got to like really, kind of put some elbow grease into it. You know, you really got to lean into it. All right, we'll take a break. Come back after this. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Sarah just did an old person thing. We just came back from the break, and Sarah started looking around. Where are my headphones? <laughs> On your head. <laughs> they were behind my ears, though. Uh-huh. Like oh, my mom God. wandering from room to room in the house looking for her uh, bifocals. See, the nutty pots already made me dumber. Yeah. <laughs> Sucked out some brain It's more of a nutty pot, Sarah. Hey, by the way, uh, well, I was going to find this. This is apropos of nothing. So Dave Schmicky is here. We were just looking at the KPTV website. 
where apparently you're still employed. In case you didn't know that, Dave, <laughs> I guess you're still doing a show there. I've been just trying to fool you guys. I'm not really unemployed. Maybe you've been missing work in. all this time. I just wanted to come in and play with you guys on Wednesday. <laughs> it's like He's a handyman, Dave. It's a self-taught handyman. He's learned the hard way how to make home improvement easy. <laughs> I mean, does it say... Like, Dave it... takes a straightforward approach with valuable information for our Northwest homeowners. Make sure to watch Handyman Dave every morning on Good Day Oregon. So it's not Saturday, just like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's not like they're just putting up links to old videos. Like, they're actually saying, be sure to tune in for this program that isn't on at the well, moment. And that particular moniker I haven't used cruel. for three years. That's great. Well, because it's on their website. I mean, it's just strange. I mean, because I would imagine that KPTV is doing nothing but hiring people right now, hiring dozens of people just to manage the website. Hiring 12-year-olds to be their news reporters, yeah. Seriously, watch sometime. It's like, you didn't hi. hear me disagree. I just put down my blankie. Now, the, um, the, 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 the thing about, like, that KPTV site is, like, you would think that at some point they would have gone, wait a minute, we should... Uh, Let's have somebody go over and just make sure everything's uh, accurate and updated here. And then, no, it doesn't happen. So, Guess not. This is news to me. I didn't know this until just a few seconds ago. So, right. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's fantastic. All right. You should just show up to do the show. You should That'd show be in funny. Like, hey, I'm here. Uh, yeah. what, what do you mean? Well, uh, according to the website, I'm, still, I'm supposed to be on uh, today. So let's, uh, let's get rolling. Where's yeah. the camera guy? <laughs> I'll make coffee. Come on. Let's, I brought some two-by-fours. Let's go. All right. Well, there you go. All right. It's uh, the Rick Emerson radio program. Let's get some of these uh, calls. And then, uh, Dave, you have to tell your um, you have to tell your ODOT uh, story. Yes, I will. All right. Let's see here. Let's just get a uh, these in no particular order. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. What's up? So, sir, is that something that you would recommend doing? I don't know. I haven't seen the benefits of it yet, but it um. It wasn't bad. It just felt kind of weird. So we don't know whether it's gonna uh, whether it's gonna do the job or not. But yeah, it certainly so wasn't again tonight and then like tomorrow. But it wasn't off-putting. It wasn't off-putting. It was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. See, my mom was recommending it to me. I'm like, well, I don't know. The whole idea of sticking that thing in my face and pouring water in my nose just I don't know. It seems counterintuitive. It does, but I've been having sinus problems for a couple months now. I'm going in to see an ear, nose, throat specialist next week. So. Well, Dave Schmidtke was telling us you had like you had your nose bored out or oh, something. Oh, I, I had the sinus because I was having sinus problems all the time, so I had that uh, surgery where they go in and widen your sinus packages by actually taking a chisel and breaking bone out. Ah, uh, beautiful. Uh, oh, it's, uh, let me yeah. tell you, the recovery is really fun from that one. Um, oh, great. And within two years, it was all back again. Uh, like, you know, I just wasted all that time. And I money figured they were just, like, taking a drill, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or they're just, like, getting one of those, uh, you know, the, the, one of those, uh, those, what are those things you put on the end of a drill? It's like a buffing whatever. But, you know, it's like, where they're just taking, like, a huge drill bit, basically. But you're saying no. They do, it's like a thing with your bones. Yeah. They through your nose. They actually go in through your nose and, and break some of the, if you look at your, if you look at a, like an MRI of your sinuses, mm -hmm. it, it's like they do like an like an S curve, like a toilet does, kind of in a way. So I don't know. Toilet face. I don't know. <laughs> and, a beautiful and, image. Yeah, isn't that isn't that nice? A nice correlation. Um, but it's that area where most people start having problems because it just gets kind of caught up, doesn't drain well, and then it's just like you're constantly fighting it. So it's just like the it's like the U joint in a sink, right? <laughs> exactly. It's just a designed yep. poorly. Yep, uh, the like manufacturer designed it badly, and it's not. Well, it's, <laughs> look, not that not to quit your face with my dog's ears, but. <laughs> But Max, my dog Max, we're constantly having to clean his ears, and we have to get the, we have to buy this goo that we put in and whatever. And it's because like certain dogs, I guess the ear is just designed like so poorly. 
I mean, look, if there's like an, this is the other reason, like, we just, no, 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 God took a lot of time to craft all of, apparently God, like, phones it in occasionally, like, or God is rushed, like, he's got to get out to the gym before it closes, because, like, they finish making the dog, fine, you know, and he makes the dog, well, the ears are all wrong, it's going to drain, God, ah, crap, and then it's like, you got to, like, roll the dog out for creation, but God's already gone for the day, you know, because the dog's ears, they're all wonky, and so everything, as my vet uh, put it, it's just one big sewage drain with your dog's ears, Rick, uh, because it's just it's designed in like again like a weird uh, S that then curves up at the bottom real at an extreme angle, and so you got to like go in and like clean out the ears manually. It's all gross. Oh, when we had a cocker spaniel, Mocha always had bad ear problems every day. I remember the smell of her ears. Mm. You had to put in the gel every day and like squish them. Together. Do you want another gross? Oh yeah, I have to do that too. Yeah, she's like put... the rubby. The... Yeah, no, I yeah. put the gel in the ears and then you got to. And you hear like a little smacking. Totally, and yeah. then he runs around and rubs his head on the carpet. Do you want to know the grossest thing? <laughs> Do you? Yes. Well, it's not the grossest thing ever. So the new dog, Philo, just cleans Max's ears for us. Well, that's good, actually. Because I think yeah. it's like an alpha-beta thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, you know, I will I will symbolize that you are in charge by licking your ear canal. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. Let's get a couple of these here. Hello. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, sorry. That's um, okay. So I have an hypothesis about this uh, watch thing. Yes, sir. Um, so there's a electrical kind of system called a solenoid and if you imagine a spring and then you have a metal cylinder inside of that spring um, as you move that cylinder up and down you can actually create a current that's not a spring it's actually a coil of wire around it yes. you can actually create a current through that by moving that solenoid up and down or the mm-hmm. cylinder and it's because of the magnetic field of the cylinder now, maybe somebody has, like, a certain level of whatever metallic component in their blood, but as that's flowing back and forth in between the watch, that that's creating it based on the levels of whatever metallic component in their blood. Let me ask on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident in the uh, scientific truth of this theory are you? Well, I know the solenoid is a thing, and that's the only thing that can make sense to me as far as the, uh, you know, changing the current or affecting the battery by having... You know, maybe that blood actually creates some sort of a... I mean, the, don't get me wrong. It's not, don't, don't misunderstand. Not like I have any better uh, sort of explanation. I mean, if it actually happens, not like I know why. It's just it's one of those things that... Here's the thing. I think this is one of those deals where you're kind of throwing it out there because we're all on the same page where all of us understand it a little bit, but not quite enough to really wrap our brains around it. But that's the best place to be because then you have just enough knowledge to create some uh, theory that sounds fascinating. It might not hold up, like, in the harsh light of day, but here on this program, because none of us are all that bright, like, no one really has the answer, so your solution is just as just as good as anybody else's. Can I tell you this? Speaking about uh, uh, metal in your blood, I remember being weird. Here's a thing. I remember being freaked out the first time uh, I realized, like, when you're eating a breakfast cereal, and they say, like, contains, you know, uh, riboflavin, niacin, and iron. I remember being weirded out the first time I realized, when they talk about you have iron in your diet, that's iron. That's not like, that's not like a different kind of iron. That's metal. It's it's metal. It's actual iron, which I always thought was like, I thought it was like a homonym or something. Like there was a special kind. Like iron was a vitamin. But when they say like you know this bread, like your your oatmeal or whatever has you know has is a good source of iron, that's actual like metal shavings iron that you're eating, which is weird. You don't really think about your body needing metal. It's like zinc. Yeah, I mean, because you know you know the, you know how you can tell if you get a white magnet. If you eat a bunch of breakfast cereal, like you take two or three bowls of breakfast cereal, put it in the milk, whatever, slosh it around, and then get rid of it, you take a white magnet, 
put it on the bottom of the bolt, take it up, little pieces of metal. Because mm. it's iron. Iron, iron, uh, iron. Hey, can I throw one more thing in? You guys were talking about yes, uh, weird nicknames for yes. name. Um, I worked with a guy. Um, his dad was a reverend, so I think this is kind of where it came from. Uh-huh. They actually named him Omnipotent. Like, that was the guy's full name. And um, Omnipotent? Yeah. Uh, omnipotent. omnipotent. Yeah, well, no. sorry. Well, I'm just, uh, yeah. All right. Or impotent. So uh, his nickname was Nip or O-Nip, so I thought that was kind of along the lines of what you guys were talking about a couple days ago. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Thank you for contributing to the program. You call us anytime. All right. All right. Thank KPS, you. I just want to tell you, I have a cousin, Jack. Wow. Uh-huh. And after the show yesterday, who he is, uh, he flies helicopters and he, like, um, works with fire patrols. He's, like, putting out wildfires and stuff in California. And I, I haven't, you know, talked to him, like, a year and a half, and I get this text message that says, from Jack. Hello, from your cousin, John Jr., a.k.a. Jack. That's weird. It's odd. I guess my cousin Jack's name is John, and I had no idea. Oh, hi, Jack. And it's also odd that like when you, somebody like that is listening and you don't realize for the longest time that they're out there. No, I haven't seen my cousin like year, and I'd love to see him. I'm like, crap, you live in Portland. And, and then if you're it. me, like you wonder what you said about your relatives. Yeah. And, yeah. Do, but you, you haven't said anything about, about your cousin, though. No. So no, it's not going to be cool. awkward. Okay. Yeah. That's weird, though. And the, the, cause we were I talking, had no idea he was in town. Well, you were talking yesterday that Sarah had no idea Jack was was the nickname for John. Well, I don't I don't know how Dick is the shortened version, uh, version of Richard. Well, but I mean, like, you know that it's the case, though. Yeah. Like, right. yesterday I was like, you know how Jack is short for John? And Sarah gave, gave the greatest sort of Homer Simpson, like, what do you mean? Like, huh? And I've I said, never heard that. Jack for John, Jack Kennedy. She goes, I don't understand. And I said, Jonathan is nicknamed, like, the nickname for that is Jack. And she just, and it was like, I had to, it was like she'd never heard it, which is odd. So, it's just like it was a little tiny gap or something there. <laughs> right. We should take a break, come back after this. More with Dave Schmidtke and uh, some calls if we have time around the corner. So, hang tight. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program. By the way, we want to say this about Jansen Beach Home Depot. We had uh, Steve called from there, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, Scott. Uh, no, Steve. Steve. Scott. Scott? Steve? It was actually the airport You met the way. guy yesterday, and you remember, I talked to him an hour ago, and I've already forgotten. <laughs> yeah. I suck. I'm the worst person oh. in the world. Uh, Rick, maybe I need to neti pop my whole brain. I was listening today online and heard mention of the Jansen Beach Home Depot. Wanted to let you know there's a number of us employees out here who listen, and often the chatter among the orange aprons is what we heard on your show. We keep spreading the word about the best show ever, Sarah B. at Jansen Beach Home Depot. Well, thank you, Sarah B., and to everybody out there. Thank you for listening. All right. Uh, we'll get some calls here in a second if we have if we have a moment. But I wanted to, you, you kind of teased this, and now I have to know. So... Uh, you had this story, Dave Schmicky, about why you believe the Department of uh, the Oregon Department of Transportation owes you an auto detailing job. Well, here's the deal: the, the, the caller who was talking about the chamois being used as a um, diaper, for lack of a better term, yes. got me started about this. And it was a Friday night. This was about three years ago, and I was leaving a friend's house in Beaverton, driving back to East Vancouver, and I thought, well, you know, it's no problem. It's a Friday night at eight o'clock. Rush hour is over. It's actually more like about nine o'clock, and I have to go to the bathroom a little bit, but that's no worry. I can make it there, no problem. I picked the same evening to make this little run that the Oregon Department of Transportation Transportation decided to restrict three of the four lanes going across the Glen Jackson Bridge. So I all of a sudden encounter this traffic jam of enormous proportions because you have the lanes blocked. You also have feeder coming in from the Banfield 
both east and west. Meanwhile, in the intestinal freeway within, all four lanes are open and traffic is moving uh, toward the exit. And at some point in time, I'm making the decision that I'm going to have to do something here. <laughs> Something's going to have to happen because I can no longer contain this dam from breaking. So I start looking around my truck and I find a plastic Pepsi bottle. The 12-ounce variety, I suppose. And so I think, okay, worst comes to worst, I have to do this. I have to fill the bottle. I'm going to have so to make. I start filling the bottle. Oh, and, I didn't really think we were going to get to that point. Okay. And, well, it gets worse because you ever had that feeling? See, guys, I don't want to get into too much detail here. I do it like in Dumb and Dumber. Well, like, it's, it you don't want to stop. There's some things you don't want to stop once you, you start You don't want to change horses in midstream. So. Yeah. So I'm looking at this bottle and realizing about midway through oh, that no. I have more than what it has to offer. And I'm like, uh-oh. So I'm realizing that the bottle is rapidly filling. I still got to go. And I can't do anything about it. So as I shove the bottle to the side, I accidentally bump the little jump seat. The bottle goes flying. And it's like a fountain in my truck. Wow. Um, so if you ever want to ride with me no. when I'm driving the truck, no, I, I, you may want to just keep the window open. Or just just bring a bib. Yeah. I'll just bring I'm being a front row at a Gallagher. Sure. Yeah. So I think by by choosing to close all these lanes with no warning or notice, the Oregon Department of Transportation owes me an automotive detail. He's Dave Schmidtke, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to sponsor his television program, <laughs> uh, you're going to want to do now, aren't you? D Schmidtke at Comcast dot net. Uh, D Schmidtke Comcast dot net. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank uh, you we want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Jim Rube, Steve Castamon, and Lisa Desjardins. Rick Emerson, show producer today and every day, with the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM nine seventy. The talker in the newsroom, Dave Schmidtke, and the phone Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan. Don't f with me, Reynolds. Like us next, Michael Mara show at seven. Phil Hendricks eleven. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes and goodbye now. If you do squish it, it does have a a, a reaction. It emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis.